And we are back here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora from inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, hanging out with you where sports meets that thing called life, as we are here inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour every single Wednesday between 10 a.m. and 11 a.m. Eastern Time. We appreciate you being here, hanging out with us where sports meets that thing called life, as we look forward to having Mr. Mike Sofka join us on the broadcast here very, very soon. And as always, I love having Mike on the broadcast from Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. For years, we have done this fantasy football thing together, and we've had the opportunity to share in all things fantasy football with you, and uh, we love doing that. So thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you so much for being here. For those of you on MixLR.com backslash DT, nothing's changed for you. You will carry uh, with us through the remainder of the broadcast. But before we talk about all things fantasy football, I want to take the time to respectfully ask that we do something in this country, something in this world, to be better. We're not better. We're getting worse. As a society, we're getting worse. And I am undeniably upset at what's going on. But being upset isn't good enough, right? It's not good enough. And being frustrated is not good enough. There needs to be change. Things need to get better. Our society is not doing the things that it needs to do. And we need to get better. So I will I will say more about this later, but I want to start this video by saying to the families of those that have passed on, my our prayers and our well wishes are with you. And I'm sorry that you're going through this and you don't need to go through this and you don't deserve to go through this and we need to be better as a country. We need to be better as a people. So let's do better instead of waiting for somebody else to do it. So with that being said, we are here inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour. I got my man, Mr. Mike Sofka here with me. We took a little bit of time off. The man was moving. So hopefully the move has gone. And not only uh, was he moving, but uh, then, then I was on a little vacation. So I'm very excited to have Mr. Mike Sofka here with us. We're sports meets that thing called life. We are inside the Cafe Kubal Studios. And, of course, this is our Fantasy Football Power Hour. Not one of, not a, but the fantasy football power hour the one that you should be watching every single week to get all your fantasy news we don't take any part of the year off we don't say hey you know what it's may we don't have to talk about fantasy football we talk about it all the time and it's funny because jeff lonzak who was just a part of the show a little bit ago he made a statement to me and he said i'm really he said i got to talk to you about fantasy football because i just did my my dynasty league and was you know doing my draft and this and that and I said, well, you're in luck because every Wednesday, this is what we talk about. And I said, today we're talking about every quarterback situation, all 32 teams. He's like, God, I love it. He's like, I'm definitely going to be tuning into that. So we have a tennis player and a tennis coach who's a big fantasy football fan and a national powerhouse and one of the best tennis players in the country, Mr. Sofka, that is all about hearing our information today and throughout about fantasy football. So happy to have you, Jeff Lonzak, and happy to have you all. So Mike of Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com. How you doing, sir? Doing wonderful. How are you, Dan? Doing well, man. And uh, I got to tell you, I've missed you. This is, it's, it's not easy for me to be away from that beard. So 
I'm uh, happy to have you back here and, and happy to be be doing our thing and uh, definitely hope that you have you've had a good uh, last couple weeks. And I know that we're jumping right into it. We're talking about uh, the NFL's quarterback situations. We are going to go from the NFC to the AFC. And we're going to go by divisions. So no quarterback situation will be left unturned. We're going to start with the Dallas Cowboys and, you know, all these fantasy implications, but each of these stories are going to be a little bit different because each of the situations is a little bit different. Well, there's talk now that Debo Samuel could be a Dallas Cowboy. Right now, Dak Prescott has C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup. He does not have Amari Cooper anymore, and that was kind of short-lived. He has James Washington, who never panned out with the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are your thoughts on the Dallas Cowboys and is Dak Prescott an elite quarterback, or can he get there, in your opinion? I, you know, you, you don't – believe it or not, you don't have to be an elite quarterback to, to get places in this league. You can be a very good quarterback or an excellent quarterback. Elite quarterback does help. I mean, that that's the number one position on the field at all times. But you can survive. I mean, you look at the you, – you look at the, the formula that's really made to win in the NFL – on a rookie quarterback contract with the right pieces around you, yeah. you're going to get very far. That's like the winning formula in the NFL. So I, I don't think you have to be elite because I don't think any rookie quarterback coming into the league is elite. But it is important to have a good quarterback. Dak, Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I'm not going to say he's elite. Um, I, his, his play hasn't shown that. Is he a top 10 quarterback, top 12 quarterback? Is he – you know, quarterback that's going to be rostered in fantasy leagues? Absolutely. This is a guy that you want because Dallas is going to put up some points. They have some playmakers in C.D. Lamb. Michael Gallup needs to get a little more involved. Jalen Tolbert, of course, and Ezekiel Elliott. They all need to play as well as they can. Sometimes that's a problem at this point in people's careers like Dak Prescott because his contract situation, uh, they, they let Amari Cooper walk. So he, he I would be surprised to see Debo Samuel in a, in a Cowboy uniform. I really will, because I think it's going to come with a with a hefty price tag. Can they pay it? Yeah, but is that going to do that much to, 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 to forward the Dallas Cowboys? I'm not sure. I think solid, consistent play by Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, and C.D. Lamb. Those are the three main guys. That's what you need for the Cowboys to succeed. And Dak's a very much a part of that, but he's not the only part of that. But I guess the question that arises is, you know, they say if you can't beat them, join them. But in the case of Debo Samuel, they couldn't beat the Niners. So steal him, take him away. You know, he's he's allegedly not happy. He's allegedly not enjoying, you know, the fact. That, I mean, he thinks he's the best wide receiver in the country. And uh, that's not the case. But in my opinion, he's not the best wide receiver in the country. Listen, in your brain, in your brain, in your heart, you're the best, right? you got to be the best. That's how you fight. That's how you play. But if I'm the GM of the San Francisco 49ers and Debo Samuel saying, I need to be the highest paid wide receiver, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I mean, he, his game is fashioned a little bit after Cordero Patterson, where he's able to, to go out and catch passes, but he's really good at running the ball as well. And it's almost an unexplained thing. He doesn't have the body, the particular, you know, dimensions of a wide receiver, if you would. But at the same time, 
he gets it done. I think some of his unhappiness is the way they're using him, taking on more hits as a running back. You're, you're going to take more hits. You know, these guys are trained to get out of bounds to avoid contact nowadays because they'd rather have a, a healthy guy. Yeah. And, you know, when you're running a ball, sometimes you don't have that ability to get out of bounds like that as much as you would a wide receiver. So he's going to take more hits. And is he really getting compensated for that? I see it. But if I was him, I'd want the ball in my hands every play, man. I, yeah, I want to run the ball. Hey, let me pass the ball, too. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd want the ball. If you're the, if you're really the best wide receiver in the league, you can do those things as well. Yeah, you know, and, and the thing is, if you're the best wide receiver in the league, then you're going to be able to compete with any team. You're going to be able to do well with any team. I mean, that's just how it is. Maurice Jones-Drew had 1,600 yards on the ground to lead the NFL when the Jaguars had one of the worst offensive lines in the entire country at the time. So, you know, some people can do it. Barry Sanders, the team might win two to three games a year, but Barry Sanders is one of the greatest running backs of all time. So, you know, it's – do I like Dak? Yes. Do I want to see more? Yes. And, I mean, how much of this is on Jerry Jones who can't seem to just let a team live and be and he's got to control everything? How much of that is him? How much of that is, is the drama of Ezekiel Elliott? I mean, listen, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys, this is where I'm at this season. And this is just brass taxing it. This is if I'm the GM of it. This is not me wishing bad on anybody. This is not me wanting to fire anybody. This is my feeling. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I'm the GM this year. Zeke's got this year. If he doesn't do it for me, then I'm not wasting my money on that anymore. Michael Gallup's got this year. That's how I see it. C.D. Lamb, you know what? He's done enough. I'm going to keep him around. James Washington, I'm going to test it out. I'm going to see what it looks like. But I know that Tony Pollard can play. He doesn't have to be Zeke Elliott. He's productive. And Zeke Elliott's not Zeke Elliott all the time. So I think if I'm, if I'm with the Dallas Cowboys as the general manager right now, I got some guys that I'm putting out there going, listen, Zeke, you don't get like a get out of jail free card. You don't have that, that, you know, do whatever you want from monopoly thing that you can play at any single time. You don't have that from me. And, and Michael Gallup, I, I expected more and I'm not seeing that now. Dak is a good quarterback. Dak is a productive quarterback. Dak is a fantasy worthy quarterback. Dak is a quarterback that, that like you talked about, Mike, you put on your team. But is Dak, to me, at that place where I can call him elite yet? I can't. The New York Giants. I'll start this one off. Daniel Jones. That's the quarterback situation. Daniel Jones, they did not pick up his extension. So they've let Daniel Jones, and it's been, uh, you know, it's been stated out there, they want him to let it fly, let it rip, right? Just, just play free, right? Like he has nothing to lose. Well, he does. He's got a contract to lose. He may not be signed after this rookie contract. He may not be extended. Daniel Jones, this season, is the difference between being a starting quarterback in the NFL or maybe being relegated to a backup quarterback for the rest of his career. Daniel Jones has to perform this season because if he doesn't, he may just be a backup for the rest of his career, which means he'll play and he'll have time. But Daniel Jones's time in New Jersey, because that's where the Giants play, his time in New Jersey is not for long if he does not show improve here. Now, granted, they needed weapons. They needed to go and get receivers. They needed to 
have a, a healthy Saquon Barkley and, and a strong offensive line. They've done a lot of things to address offensive and defensive line. They kept pick five, they kept pick seven, and they used those on the O-line and the D-line. So there's good to be had there. They brought in my guy Evan Neal as one of their tackles. They brought on Kayvon Thibodeau to be on the defensive side of the ball. He can, he's talented, but I don't like Kayvon Thibodeau's – the man is feeling himself in a way that, that I just – I don't want that in my locker room. I want to deal with that drama. So, But I will say this is Daniel Jones' make-or-break year. What are your thoughts on the fantasy value, and where do we go from here with the Giants? Well, it's all going to depend on Daniel Jones' wide receivers. I mean – Kenny Galladay has been a, been a bright spot here and there, and now he gets a chance to prove it once again with the Giants. And then Kadarius Toney, the rookie out of Florida last year, injury-riddled year. Uh, there was talks of them wanting to trade him already. And then yeah. Sterling Shepard, if he can be what he once was, Saquon Barkley's got to stay healthy as well. If all those pieces to the puzzle stay and perform, that would be a great thing. I don't expect all those pieces to perform as well as they could or should on paper. So I think it may be a struggle for Daniel Jones. But, you know, this is a make-or-break year for him. It's amazing to me how in contract years or in make-or-break type situations, these players automatically find ways to stay healthy and have the, the career year. And then yeah. the following year, it's right back down to it again sometimes. So I get it. It's it's preservation of the body. It's preservation of your career. You're not just thinking about the game. You're thinking about the – that's the problem, okay? Because back in the day, old school mentality, you worried about the game. You worried about the guy in front of you. You worried about the game you were playing. You didn't worry about where your career was going to be two years down the road, so maybe you shouldn't deliver this hit to get the extra yards and you're going to dip out of bounds. Back in the day, of course, we're talking brute force. We're talking it was more of a more of a physical game than a mental game. Now it's more of a mental game. And I get that, and that's okay. You know, it's it, it's smart in a way because you don't want your guys getting hurt all the time because that's your product. You don't yeah. want your product just sitting there not working for you. So I get it. Daniel Jones needs to have a career year, and the guys around him need to step up, realize that, and make it happen for him. Yeah, and, and that's and that's the thing it comes down to. And, you know, the Kadarius-Tony thing, they're looking to trade him already. I mean, it's like, come on, guys. You know, you haven't had household name receivers in a long time. You go get Kadarius-Tony, and you want to get rid of him already on your roster. I mean, what does that say about and, – and, and you know what? I mean, Daniel Jones has struggled. And so, you know, the question is, who is expendable? But – if I'm Kadarius Tony and I'm going into a season with a team that already wanted to get rid of me and I've only been there five minutes, you know, that doesn't create for a good locker room situation in and of itself. So, you know, the, the giants have to really figure out who they are and what they are and what they're going to be. And obviously you can't put it all on Saquon Barkley. I mean, Saquon to me, this is it, right? Because his rookie contract to me, it dictates the fact of, what are you going to do from here? Is he going to want to play for you if this team is not going to provide for him the opportunities to get a break, the opportunities to be blocked? Is he going to have to do it all himself? And if that's the case, I don't see Saquon Barkley wanting to stay there. So they need to make it right. They need to make it happen, and they need to do it now. That's how I look at it when I look at the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, we both agree, this is a make-or-break situation for him. And, and well, I think it's the difference of whether or not he's going to be a backup quarterback after this. 
Well, just to be clear, Daniel Jones right now is number twenty-three on my quarterback ranking. So it's not somebody you're gonna you're gonna target necessarily for your fantasy draft. Dak Prescott, who we talked about just a minute ago, number nine on the ranking. So he's a QB one for you. Yeah, no, Dak is definitely a QB one, even though you know he is he has his peaks and valleys that make you a little bit concerned. But Daniel Jones, you're not picking up Daniel Jones in a fantasy draft unless you're a Giants fan. The Eagles, Jalen Hurts, uh, they drafted him and then threw the, all their eggs in the basket, I would think, because a lot of people probably thought rather quickly, not what was anticipated, that they would jump that head first into it after drafting Carson Wentz, number two out of North Dakota State. So here's Jalen Hurts. Gardner Minshew is there with him. Carson Strong is on the roster as well. Uh, Jalen Hurts has – A.J. Brown on the team now. He has Devontae Smith, who obviously impressed last year as a rookie. And you have Dallas Goddard back doing his thing. Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenneth Gainwell. They're all in the backfield for you. So Jalen Hurts is your quarterback. The value of him being able to pass and run is a good thing, Mike. The, you know, the opportunity for Jalen Hurts, for Kyler Murray, for Lamar Jackson, these guys that can provide for you something, even on a bad day, are going to get some type of yards for you. That's what makes Jalen Hurts enticing because of the hybrid ability that he brings to the table. What are your thoughts on the situation in Philly? Well, again, this could be a make-or-break type situation for Jalen Hurts, but I think his ability to both run the ball and pass the ball is is where they need where they need him. They need him to be able to run the ball. But he hasn't put up impressive numbers yet. Last season, he ranked 29th in completion percentage, 15th in yards per attempt, and 20th in TD to interception radio, ratio, and 25th in touchdown rate at 3.7%. But he made up for that in rushing yards, with 782 rushing yards and 10 rushing touchdowns. So... The idea of adding A.J. Brown to the mix is huge because when you look at the threats on the outside between Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, then you got Dallas Goddard there to pick up at tight end. Miles Sanders, much like his, his, his uh, you know, former college teammate at Penn State, the former Nittany Lion, needs to stay healthy as well. He and Saquon Barkley both bit by the injury bug in the past several seasons. Kenneth Gamewell, new to the team last year, I think mixing it in with him is going to preserve some of that. Boston Scott is an unheralded guy. So I think if all those pieces around Jalen Hurts perform, that's going to be a great thing. Because I don't think that the Eagle fans want to see Gardner Minshew anytime soon. I think Jalen Hurts is going to perform. I think if they let him loose throwing the ball a little more, I think we're going to see a little bit better quarterback play. Right now I have Jalen Hurts because of the rushing expertise that he has as well I got him number seven on the QB ranking yeah you know I mean the fact that he's multiple makes him enticing to fantasy football that's the reality of it all I mean those guys are the guys as I said that are going to be able to get you something and they may you know he might not he he could have a 58 percent completion percentage but if he's going to get you two to three touchdowns a game because he's able to get a couple on the ground then that entices you in fantasy. So I think Jalen Hurts definitely has value. Going to the Washington Commanders, every single year, do they not look like they're, they're always trying to figure it out, right? They're always – like a quarterback, they just keep – they plug guys in 
and they see what happens. And then a couple weeks later, it's another guy. And then three weeks later, it's another guy. Then it's back to the first guy, then the second guy, then the third guy, then the first guy, then the third guy, then the first guy, then the second guy. Then the second. I mean, and this is what we've known from Washington. They are the commanders now. They have a name. So I could be less pissed about the situation. Carson Wentz, Taylor Heineke, Sam Howell, who was drafted out of North Carolina, and Cole Kelly. You bring in these, you bring in newbies, you get your hands off my Heine, and we know that Heineke's done some good stuff. And Carson Wentz from Philly and Super Bowl hopeful to Indy in for one season, and now to Washington. Carson Wentz is becoming a journeyman quarterback, and now here he is, and I don't believe he's going to be the quarterback all season long. And that's not me saying he's going to get injured. That's me saying I just don't think he's going to be the quarterback the whole season here. So I would I look to see Taylor Heineke again. Maybe Sam Howell at some point down the road for sure within the next couple of years, but maybe, maybe this season, depending on how things go. Terry McLaurin is still there. Curtis Samuel is a new face that came in. Jahan Dotson is there from Penn State. And so those are your weapons in your receiving core. Uh, Logan Thomas is your tight end. Antonio Gibson, who you and I have been high on, he's there. Brian Robinson Jr., who I covered from the college football playoff ranks of Alabama. J.D. McKissick's still there and Jarrett Patterson. So there's definitely a lot of weapons, but this is a quarterback situation that if you play in one of the fantasy football leagues that wake-up call runs, you get a team quarterback. That's good in a scenario of Washington because you're going to get what I think is going to be three guys that could be playing. But the situation in Washington, I think they're all serviceable, but I don't think serviceable sounds good to me when I'm drafting. What are your thoughts? Well, I think serviceable is a good word for Carson Wentz. He's a serviceable quarterback. He's not the guy that you're looking forward to building your team around. He's the stopgap between uh, the commanders and Sam Howell. Uh, you know, Wentz has had a, a pretty good career overall. I mean, he, you know, the Super Bowl. And then his problem is, is he throws interceptions at the most inopportune time. Overall, his interception rate isn't that bad. But when you take into consideration, you're driving to win the game. You're down by four. You need a touchdown and he throws an interception. Yeah. You're driving to tie the game with a field goal. And he throws an interception. So you can't have that type of play out of your quarterback. The quarterback is somebody you look for to lead the team, obviously. I think with McLaurin, I think Dotson new to the mix. If Curtis Samuel can stay healthy, that's huge. Logan Thomas. Antonio Gibson is just a, a, an outstanding running back. Bringing in Brian Robinson, who's kind of a plodding, uh, a, a heavier back. J.D. McKissick, if, he, if they can keep him active, catching the ball when he does come in the game to spell Antonio Gibson or on third downs, I think Carson Wentz can be a functional quarterback if he's managed correctly. See, a lot of these guys need to either be let loose or they need to be managed thoroughly. Yeah. Carson Wentz isn't a guy that you can you know, let it loose. You got to manage him. You got to manage the game. You got to manage the game around him. They have the talent around him in Washington to make that happen. It's just now, instead of looking at it, looking at it on paper, they have to do it on the field. I think Carson Wentz is serviceable. I think Sam Howell is the future of the team, like you had said, but I think Carson Wentz is a guy that, you know, will get the job done for them. Is he going to get the job done for my fantasy team? Probably not because he's down there in the twenties, 25 on my ranking. Like Daniel Jones. 
Yeah. Well, and, and that's, and that's the thing. It's, you know, it's, he's, he's serviceable. That's the word, but he's not, it's not something that I'm banking on. It's not something that I'm thinking, okay, you know what, this guy's going to help me win this week. He might, but again, this is a situation where team quarterback is the way to go. If you're in a league, like in the wake up call leagues, where we have the team quarterback, where you don't have to draft Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell, but you get all three of them by drafting the Washington commanders quarterback situation. That's where the benefit comes in. If you don't have that, then there's no benefit to doing this. But again, even if you had that, the team quarterback situation, the way I look at it is that would be my third quarterback option in fantasy football when it comes to that situation in Arizona, Kyler Murray allegedly asking for, Bank on top of bank on top of bank. Apparently, Aaron Rodgers accounting for half of the team's money is not good enough for Kyler Murray. Give me that bread. And you know what? This thing, Mike, and we got to talk about this because I have a problem with this. The conversation of when is it okay for a player to skip OTAs? When is how? When are you big enough that you don't have to care about the other 52 people on the roster? When do you become in the status where you get to play diva and you don't have to show up and you can go do whatever the heck you want? You know, in Aaron Rodgers' case, God only knows what he's doing. And the same for Kyler Murray. But let's be real about this. In the world of social media, we see things, right? And people are constantly checking. Well, Kyler Murray took down his posts of him with Arizona, took down all of his Arizona stuff. People started freaking out. Now, allegedly, he wants to make bank. He needs to make all this money. Listen. Tom Brady is talented and he's smart. He took less money over a long period of time. They built a team. Aaron Rodgers took $50 million and lost his number one receiver. Pat Mahomes is making almost 50, 50 large and he lost Tyreek Hill. And here's Kyler Murray allegedly asking for more than both of these gentlemen. Kyler, number one, honey. You're in your rookie contract. You've been in the NFL for a couple seasons. And you've been pretty good. Fantasy-wise, you straight. But reality-wise, your defense is really good and there's people that bail you out. I don't understand the world of give me my money because I earned it because I've been in the league for a couple of years. And if you don't give me $70 million, I don't want to play. So Kyler, let's be real about something. You're not on the Aaron Rodgers status that he's given, whether it's right or not. And I don't think it's, but the Aaron Rodgers thing is if he doesn't come to OTAs, people are like, Oh, that's fine. Kyler, you are a, you're in a rookie contract. You're not 38 years old. You didn't play and win a Super Bowl. You're a couple of years in and you're telling them, give me that money. If I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I'm going to say a couple things to you. Number one, we haven't been to a Super Bowl. <laughs> Number two, even if we have been to a Super Bowl, I need you in practice. Number three, who the hell do you think you are, bro? Who do you think you are? that you can cripple my team like this. What have you done? You're good. You're young. You're working. 
And if I give you this money, I'm going to murder my franchise. Aaron Rodgers will never win a Super Bowl in Green Bay again, ever. And Kyler Murray is trying to take the entire piggy bank from Arizona. So with that, I open up this can of worms to you, Mr. Salka. Yeah, I think, you know, I think that uh, you could be wrong there on Green Bay. I think uh, I think he could win another Super Bowl there, Rodgers. But, you know, going over to Kyler Murray, you got A.J. Green on the outside, 155 years old. I'm, I'm hoping he still has some game. But you got another field stretcher on the other side in Marquise Brown, which they brought in during the draft from the Ravens. And then Rondell Moore, I think, is an excellent receiver in disguise. Like a lot of people – don't know who he is really. I think the word to the wise is watch Rondell Moore, and that's going to be how Kyler Murray's season goes. They brought in Trey McBride, obviously the best tight end in the draft, to go with Zach Ertz, who performs well when he has that other player there. Zach Ertz performed well with Dallas Goddard. Now, did it bring his overall fantasy value down, Zach Ertz? Yeah, it was hit a little bit by Dallas Goddard, but that's okay. Zach Ertz still has something in the tank. If he can stay healthy, I think that makes Makes Kyler Murray's job a lot easier than James Conner. James Conner had a resurgence there in Arizona. So with those key players around these quarterbacks, I think I, I think that Kyler Murray is going to be fine. The contract talk, yeah, it's a little premature. And if I was an NFL quarterback, I would be with my team any possible time I could. OTAs, whatever, man. I'm the leader of the team. I'm the guy. I'm the face of the franchise. I was a number one overall draft pick. This is just after they drafted Josh Rosen, who turned out to be a bust in everybody's eyes. They went and made that move. Cliff Kingsbury coached Kyler Murray, knew what he was getting, knew Kyler Murray since high school. I don't know where he stands on Kyler Murray's contract, but I do know where he stands on his performance. He's going to want maximum performance out of Kyler Murray this year. Kyler, that's the way you're going to get your contract. Have a max performance year this year. Have a career year. I think he's capable, and I think he's going to do it. He usually hasn't been higher than a nine on my final on the stats, on the yeah. QB rankings for the end of the year. This year, I think he has an opportunity to be in the top five. And I got him ranked number five right now on my rankings for quarterback. So I have faith and confidence in the situation in Arizona and Kyler Murray. I think this is going to be an up year for him. Well, and I mean, listen, he's talented. He's good. There's no argument on that. There is no argument on that whatsoever. I just, you know, this contract stuff that happens now where you see somebody get a contract and you're like, well, I'm worth $5 billion. It's like, dude, Listen, I'm never going to be against somebody getting their money. I'm never going to be against somebody doing that. I think I should be the highest paid broadcaster because I know what I bring to the table. But I'm looking at this saying to myself, there is a cap. And Aaron Rodgers is murdering his team. And Pat Mahomes may go on to murder his as well. And But the difference between them and Kyler Murray is they've been to the promised land. They've seen it. They've won. So if they murder their team, they could say, well, we did win. If Kyler Murray murders his team prematurely, I'm not for this in any way, shape or form, but listen, Tom Brady, he understood. If I, God forbid, I take $25 million. Oh no, boohoo me. But I, you know, I take $25 million and I build the rest of the team around me. Now I have sustainable success. 
not one-time success. There's a reason why the two highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL are without their two best wide receivers. There's a reason for that. Because Tyreek Hill went and got paid by Miami. And Devontae Adams went and got paid by the Raiders. That's reality. Kyler Murray, guess what? You need to think about where you want to go from here. Seattle is reeling right now. In my opinion, they don't have a quarterback that's going to bring them to the promised land. The Rams are trying to make it back to the Super Bowl again, and they are poised to do that. I think they can. And you got the Niners that have Trey Lance, and they're trying to figure out what to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. So, to me, in your division, you might benefit from Seattle being down this year. But, Tyler, are you trying to build a franchise winner? Or are you trying to just get paid? Because it's not an individualistic sport, but this is an individualistic move. And I think he's talented, and I want him on my fantasy team. But the dramatic part of this, I always pay attention to. Because when you're around that drama and you see that drama and you're in the locker room with that drama, I know firsthand, it doesn't matter how talented somebody is, they will cripple your fantasy team. And worse, they will cripple your reality team as well. So, Kyler Murray, go to OTAs. Throw the ball. Because <laughs> Rondell Moore and DeAndre Hopkins and the crew, you don't got it like that. Aaron Rodgers doesn't even have it like that. Tell him, this is my problem with Aaron Rodgers. Let me go, and we're going to talk about him in a minute, but I got to say this. What did he say a couple of years ago, Mike? What did he say about practice? What did he say? He called out his receivers. Well, this guy's not doing this. This guy, you know, this, they're not running. And I'm, you know, they're not running routes. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. They're not doing this. They're not doing, they don't even know what they're doing. They don't even look intelligent. You talked about your receivers not knowing what the hell they're doing. The backup quarterback's throwing to them right now. If I'm a receiver and you dog me, I don't give a crap what you say. You're not in practice. If you want me to be better and you think I can run a better route, then show up. I don't want to hear from people about an election that they don't vote in. I don't want to hear about practice from people that don't come. That's the reality. So Aaron Rodgers, yes, we all know you're good, but you're also a drama queen. And I don't know if it's, I don't know if you do this, but I wouldn't be surprised if you, like Mariah Carey, has everybody pick out all the colored M&Ms and leave the green ones because the green ones taste different. Because that's where I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going. And I'm done with this diva status BS. You got your money. You're staying in a place that you allegedly maybe didn't want to be in. So you're there. You took the money from them. Now, you've crippled their franchise for God knows how many years. They've given you everything you wanted. Shut up and play football. Stop your nonsense. The Los Angeles Rams, a team that actually wants to win a championship here. Matt Stafford goes there, first season, wins a title. I'm thinking he's got a couple years there. He just signed an extension for four years. We'll see if he spends all four years there. Uh, I hope he does. I hope he stays healthy. I hope he gets to do it. My guy Bryce Perkins is the third string guy uh, from Virginia. I just wanted to shout him out. And John Walford, who I covered at Wake Forest, he's also there as well. So big shout out to him. Matt Stafford has Allen Robinson the second now. Van Jefferson, who we know in fantasy, has stepped it up. Arguably the best receiver in football, Cooper Cup. And he's got uh, still uh, Daryl Henderson Jr., Cam Akers, and uh, now Kyron Williams 
is a part of the team from Notre Dame. And he's got Jake bring back that funk all in the backfield. So this team is looking good. Matt Stafford is looking how I, th- I said. I was like, he arguably has the best weapons he's ever had. And we could see the best Matt Stafford. And then he went and won a Super Bowl. Mike, uh, fantasy value, I think there's other people I put above him as far as fantasy numbers. But at the same time, Matt Stafford's a freaking G. And he's doing his thing. And how about this? He signed an extension. He made his money. And I'm not hearing any drama about Matt Stafford, the Super Bowl champion of this past season. Yeah, I like Matt Stafford a lot. I think he's a great quarterback that manages the game. He can throw the ball deep. He can throw it underneath. He doesn't have the greatest wheels in the world, but that's not his game, and they know that, and that's not how they, they, they you know, script the game for him. Look, Van Jefferson needs to finally step up this year. The guy out of Florida, he needs to step up big. They brought in Allen Robinson, which is going to be a huge get for the Rams. Cooper Cup still in the slot, just the best wide receiver, led the league in receptions, touchdowns, uh, yardage, all everything. Tyler Higby doing a yeoman's job at, at, at tight end. And then you got Cam Akers. If he can stay healthy, and if Daryl Henderson can do his part, they can mix in a little Kyrene Williams until, until he gets fully going. The yeah. defense is fine. This is a team that just won the Super Bowl, and somehow to me on paper, they look like they got better which is scary for a lot of the rest of the league. Now, Matt Stafford, he's not my first choice for quarterback, but he's up there. He's quarterback 11. He's a QB1 in a 12-team league, and this is a guy who can take your team, the Rams, if they're your team, to the Super Bowl again, and they are capable of winning it again. And this is a guy who's capable, depending on the, the construct of the rest of your team, could take you to your fantasy Super Bowl as well. So Matt Stafford definitely back, you know, he's definitely on the radar as a QB one, not my first pick, but not a bad pick for you in fantasy. No, been in the league 12 years with the lions, 13th season wins the Super Bowl, And now I like him more in fantasy. Talk about the fine wine of Matt Stafford. So I, I am a fan. He, he would be my second quarterback drafted on my roster. What I mean by that is, as Mike said, number 11, I would draft a quarterback at some point in the draft, and then I would draft him to be my number two on my team. It doesn't mean I would draft him two overall. It doesn't mean I would draft him immediately. It means that he would be my backup quarterback and a fantastic situation to have a guy like that. I think in reality he's better than in fantasy, but in fantasy he has so many weapons that maybe we could see a surge for him there. In San Francisco – Trey Lance is on the depth chart right now as the number one quarterback. He played one season of college football as the starter there for North Dakota State, as we know Carson Wentz came from. Jimmy Garoppolo, what are we going to do? He's in the final season of his contract. He did bring them to a Super Bowl. They did lose that Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, And they got Mr. Irrelevant this year, Brock Purdy, who is their fourth-string quarterback right now. Nate Sudfeld still on the team. They have Debo Samuel for now, drama. They have Brandon Ayuk. They have my guy from Clemson, Ray Ray McLeod. And uh, they have a bunch of non-household names outside of that. And then they have George Kittle. And they brought in Tyler Croft to help them out as Kittle uh, struggled to stay healthy last season. And Croft coming as a journeyman from the Bengals to the Bills to now the San Francisco 49ers. So this is where we are right now. And this is what it looks like. San Francisco 
their quarterback situation, Mike, what are your thoughts? Trey Lance, could could they turn him loose? They let him run a little bit and throw a pass or two here. And there's games where he was one of one for a six-yard touchdown. But can he be the quarterback? I mean, they drafted him to be the quarterback of the future. They traded up from 12 to three to get him a couple of drafts ago back in the draft of 2021. So here we are, and here's Jimmy G. And I think it would behoove the Seattle Seahawks to maybe make Jimmy G a Seahawk. But for right now, this is where we're at. Well, the reason why Jimmy G is still on the roster is they're not just going to take anything for him. It's not a desperation move. His contract is still doable for them right now. The whole deal is is they spent a lot of capital on Trey Lance. You can't spend that much money that that high of a draft pick on a quarterback and not let him play. Now, he was able to play, you know, in the past year or so here. This is a guy who when he does play looks pretty good. Looks like he's got promise. I'm not sure he's the best quarterback out there yet, but he hasn't done enough yet. He's number 16 on my ranking so far this year. I think Garoppolo is going to be traded. See, he had that shoulder surgery, and I think he's going to be given the all-clear, 100% unrestricted, uh, you know, physical, uh, his ability to play. I think he's going to be unrestricted. I think he's going to get the medical clearance by June or July here, and I think that's when we may see some activity. That's when we may see a trade, or maybe when a quarterback gets hurt, we may see a trade. But I think Lance is the guy they're going to end up keeping, obviously. I think Garoppolo is not long for the Niners. And drafting Brock Purdy is, is an example of that. They, they wanted another quarterback because they knew the two that they have, one of them's not going to be there much longer. Brandon Ayuk needs to step up, have a year like he had a couple years ago. Debo Samuel needs to suck it up. And if they want him to run the ball, run the ball. If they want him to catch the ball, go prove you're the best wide receiver in the league. Juwan Jen Innings, he, he needs to do something. They did just bring Danny Gray into the fold. George Kittle, stay healthy, my man. George Kittle can stay healthy. That's huge. Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, those guys are in the mix for running the ball. But, again, Davis Price, who they just drafted, is another guy who can contribute to that committee situation. That's not a bad thing for the quarterback, having a running back committee situation. You always have a fresh guy in the backfield. Trey Lance is a guy who needs to have that talent around him, still a young player. This is a young and upcoming offense in the Niners. Now, is Trey Lance going to be a superstar? Probably not. Like I said, he's the, he's the middle of the line. 32 teams. He's number 16 on the ranking. But he does have promise for the Niners, and I think he's capable of making big plays. I don't think he's a bust like some people are saying. I just think he needs more time. He needs more play. He needs to be on the field more, and we're going to continue to see that. Hope we will see that this year from Trey Lance, and hopefully this will be a smooth transition for Jimmy Garoppolo as well. But like I said, he's a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, not going to be on my fantasy team. Yeah, you know, and, and, I, and I think – I just – I don't know. I just – I think that this is not a great situation for Jimmy G. I mean, he needs to find another home, and I think that he will soon – I'm hoping that he will soon find a, find a new place for himself. And, you know, ultimately I think that, you know, he, he deserves better. You know, he's the only guy that's backed up Tom Brady. That's actually had some sustainable success that that we can really look at measure and appreciate. And I think that for me, I want to see him go somewhere, stay healthy and see what he could do. I think Seattle would be a good fit for him. 
you know, he's in division. He gets to stay on the West Coast. I think it would be good for Jimmy G. So I think Seattle needs to make that move. You know, the Trey Lance thing, we'll see. I'm not going to roll the dice on this fantasy thing right now. And uh, ultimately, I'm staying away from the 49ers as far as drafting them. The Seattle Seahawks, if they don't take Jimmy G, another team that I'm staying away from when it comes to this. Geno Smith, Drew Locke, Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason drafted a little bit ago, spent some time with the Colts. Drew Locke was drafted to be the future of Denver. Didn't work out. Geno Smith was the Jets' best wide receiver, but he was playing quarterback. So here we are. I applaud Geno Smith for exceeding my expectations when he stepped in last year for Russell Wilson. But there is not a dang thing on the Seattle Seahawks that makes me want to put any of that on my fantasy football team. I don't want to touch it. I don't go near it. I want to look at it. That's a hot no for me. Where do you stand with Seattle? And how 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 cheap are people or how concerned? What is it about the Baker Mayfield thing? Like, Seattle needs a quarterback. They need a quarterback. Do people just really not want to pay for Baker Mayfield? I mean, and Jimmy G, I mean, we're not talking about Jimmy G's contract. A lot of people talk about Baker Mayfield's contract, the 18.9 that they picked up, that the Browns picked up. But Seattle would rather not have either one of these guys they would rather go into the season with neither of these guys and see what happens. I find that hard to believe, but this is where we are right now. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, Geno Smith, Jacob Ease, and neither one of these guys strikes fear in opposing defenses hearts. Same thing with Drew Locke, the second year player. I think he's got a, I, I think he's got a lot to prove. I think Drew Locke has got to show that he's not a bust. I think I, I think that trade had to be made by Denver to take their game to the next level, but that's a Denver conversation. Look, DK Metcalf is as solid as a wide receiver as he is in the NFL. Tyler Lockett, top 10 receiver as well. Freddie Swain is the name I want you to keep an eye out for. This is a guy out of Florida who has returned skills, and he's rumor has that he's usurped uh, D. Eskridge at the slot, and I think he can do a lot of damage there. They bring in Kenneth Walker to help with the run game with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, who finally showed up last year. If any one of these guys can show up, they're going to be okay at quarterback. But they need to make that splash. You're right. A Mayfield situation makes sense. Uh, I I think we're going to wait until June or July. Once the first quarterback falls, I think we're going to see another quarterback. Jimmy G, was he go before a Mayfield? Does Cleveland say they're going to hold tight to Mayfield? Because this Watson situation still isn't totally resolved. Maybe maybe Cleveland stepped in it here. So I, I, I still have hopes that they're going to get it right for Seattle. I have hopes they're going to bring somebody else in. I think it's going to be a Drew Locke team, though. With that in mind, I don't have Drew Locke as, as, as a high-ranked guy, of course. I have him ranked number 33. Hello, there's 32 teams. <laughs> so that tells you where I'm at with Drew Locke. I think, I think the Seattle Seahawks are in trouble at quarterback right now. I just don't understand their non-plan to have a quarterback. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It's definitely throwing me off here to look at this and say, okay, so your plan is to just – I don't know. Do nothing. If I, if 
if you if your plan is to not have a plan and you're planning on not having a plan, have you made a plan? If a tree falls in the forest, are the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> still going to suck this year? I mean, yes, come on. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's it's the same it's the same thing. I mean, you lost Russell Wilson and and that happened, but like DK Metcalf's out there trying to get paid. Who's going to throw him the ball? You know what I mean? It's like I don't understand teams. I've never understood this when we talked about this. I do not understand teams. Your quarterback is your leader of your offense, if not your leader of your entire team. It's been proven in the NFL that if you don't have the right quarterback, you're not going to win a championship at all. doesn't matter what else you have. You're not going to win a championship if you don't have the quarterback. So it's so hard to find the elite ones, right, the great ones. Seattle doesn't have anyone. Geno did better last year. Listen, and this is not me trying to dog anybody. Geno did better last year than I expected him to do, ever. Drew Locke. Somebody got to find the key to that one because that lock ain't opening. And Jacob Eason, it's just none of this stuff is working. None of it is working. But you lost your you lost your golden child. You lost your super Super Bowl championship caliber quarterback, and you replaced him with nothing, nothing. Like, what is wrong with Jimmy Garoppolo that you're so nervous about? Are you nervous that he gets injured? What's your problem with Jake? What's your with Baker Mayfield? You don't want to pay for it. Like, I don't understand. Like you said. If you, if you make a plan to not have a plan and you planned out this non-plan, did you make a plan? Yeah, you made a plan to do nothing. But Seattle, like, I would trust the 12th man coming on the field at quarterback more than I would trust any of these guys right now. I would probably trust Jacob Eason of the three of them more than the other two right now. And I don't know what that's saying, but this is where I live. This is where I'm at. Chicago Bears will head to the NFC North. As we look at every quarterback situation in the NF of L, Justin Fields, Trevor Simeon, and Nathan Peterman. Peterman is still in the NFL. <laughs> so, like, woohoo! But, uh, you know, maybe the Seahawks can make a play for Nathan Peterman. But Justin Fields is here. Fields can run, Fields can throw, Fields can do a bunch of different things. Fields is on a Chicago Bears team that had a good defense and have a good defense, had a quarterback or had a coach and have a coach, got a new coach and got another coach. Chicago continues to change. David Montgomery and Darnell Mooney are the things that have stayed the same. A lot of the rest of it has changed. Cole Komet's been there for a few seasons. This team is up in the air with Tajay Sharp, who never panned out in Tennessee. Byron Pringle, who was down the depth chart in Kansas city. Daz Newsome, who I covered in college, who never really caught on anywhere, and Equinemius St. Brown, who played at Notre Dame. This team is trying to make it happen, where Darnell Mooney is now their number one target. What are your thoughts on Justin Fields and the Bears? I think Justin Fields is an excellent quarterback. I'm concerned about the pieces around him and the ability of the pieces around him to take the next step. I mean, Darnell Mooney is going to have a fine year, I'm sure. But I'm really not sure about Equimius St. Brown, Byron Pringle. I know they brought in Velas Jones. Dante Pettis has been a bust, if you ask me. And they got a bunch of no other no-names and also rants. David Montgomery, 
He's okay at running back. Khalil Herbert, if he has to step in, he's okay. Darrington Evans has shined when he's had opportunity. Again, this looks like a committee situation. None of these guys are wowing me. Yeah. Cole Komet, okay, he showed some promise. He's not striking the fear of God into any linebackers recovering the, the tight end. So that's going to inhibit Justin Fields' growth. Now, he's still going to be able to run the ball with effect in this Justin Fields. He has a thick running back body. He can take some abuse. He can deliver some abuse, too. This guy can run the ball. He's a freak athlete. He can throw the ball just by flipping his wrist. This is a guy that can get it done. My worry for him is, does he have the pieces around him to help him get it done? I don't think so. I got him ranked number 17 on the rankings. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is he doesn't have those pieces. That's the great unfortunate. He doesn't have that. Justin Fields is good, right? Justin Fields can run. He can do some things. I mean, you look at Jalen Hurts, you look at Kyler Murray, and you say, okay, Justin Fields should be up there, right? But he doesn't have the weapons, and that's the issue. I hope Mooney steps up. I like my guy from Tulane. But right now, you know, there's so many question marks with Chicago that Justin Fields is enticing, but the team is not which affects your fantasy and affects me and being able to say, yeah, you know what, go after that guy because what is there to go after? He's going to have to do a lot of things on his own, and that makes me concerned for him. The Lions, another team where I just throw my hands up in the air and wave them because Detroit doesn't care. Jared Goff, Tim Boyle, David Blau. Jared Goff didn't work. He didn't work. I thought it was a one-year thing. Apparently, because there's supposed to be a, a chock-full-of-nuts draft in 2023 for quarterbacks, Detroit said, hey, we're going to suck this year, and we're going to get ourselves a good one. But they have my guy DJ Chark Jr., who I covered in Jacksonville. They have Amon Ross St. Brown. They have Josh Reynolds. They, and then they have a bunch of non-household name guys that are back on the team. Then they brought in Jamison Williams. From Bam Bam Alama. So they got the weapons. They got the speed. DeAndre Swift, God bless, hopefully back healthy. TJ Hawkinson. Detroit has more weapons than Chicago. But Chicago has the better quarterback. Could you imagine if Justin Fields was on Detroit right now and Justin Fields had DeAndre Swift, DJ Chark Jr., Jameson Williams, and TJ Hawkinson? I would like to mash up Detroit and Chicago and make the Bear Lion, the buy-in, and make that a team this year because that would be cute. I'm not drafting Jared Goff. However, I do like his weapons, and I really do within this division would love it if the if Justin Fields could be on this team, but that's not the case. Yeah, the, the, you nailed it right on ahead the there. The Lions did not take a quarterback because of the potential of a quarterback-rich draft next year as opposed to maybe the two guys or so this year. I think there were some dark horses in this draft that people missed on. I look at a Matt Corral to, to have a, a, a good season I, I, or a, a good career, I should say. But going back to the Lions, DJ Shark, you know, just for some reason it never seemed to fully work in Jacksonville, and that's because, well, Jacksonville is Jacksonville. We'll just leave that one alone. Amon Ross St. Brown had an okay year last year. This is a guy who can see what he can do out of the slot. Let's just leave it at that. Jamison Williams, some say he's the best guy, best receiver in the draft. Coming off the injury, it's going to be interesting to me to see when he's fully back to take advantage of that. They do yeah. have a Josh Reynolds and a Khalif Raymond and a Kintet. 
Quintez Cephas that they can plug in there. I like the opportunity for TJ Hawkinson to boost Jared Goff. I like the opportunity for Jamal Williams to boost Jared Goff as well. DeAndre Swift with the quick game. Jamal Williams is the pass-catching guy. I mean, this is they've got some pieces. They just don't have everything they need. Yeah, I, 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 not for Jared Goff. If they had a more talented quarterback, this team around them would suffice. It's a little of both. It's a little of uh, degradation in the quarterback position as well as the pieces around him. I got Jared Goff. Where do I have him ranked? I got him ranked way high here. I know. Hang on, twenty-eight out of thirty-two teams. So again, not a guy going to be on my team. No. And then we, you know, and 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 I've said my piece on this, so we can move forward. Green Bay, okay. I I thought I I you know what I knew I couldn't wait I couldn't wait to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I am so done with the drama and you know and again the conversation of what you know like how good do you have to be that you don't have to show up for your team? Like at what point are you at that status? You're never at that status. Stop. You're not at that status. You're playing in the NFL. It's fleeting. Most people don't make it this long in the NFL. One day you're not going to be playing in the NFL anymore and you're going to wish you could go to practice. You're going to wish you could go and get out there and get ready and train with your team. Aaron, okay, stop. Stop your nonsense. Like, I felt bad for you that you had to wait 18 years for Brett Favre to figure out when he was going to retire. But once he figured that out, now you're the drama queen. Green Bay, oh, we're a small market. We don't have a lot of money, blah, blah. Yeah, well, they gave all the money to you. All the money to you. You got it all, bro. You have it all. What are you going to do with Aaron Jones in the future? What are you going to do with Alan Lazard, who you seem to like? What are you going to do with Christian Watson if he pans out? How are you going to do better from here, okay? Devontae Adams defended you when you were trying to get your money and get right. And then you got your money, and Devontae left. And that threw me off. And he would rather go play with Derek Carr than deal with you. That says something to me. You were his quarterback. Now he's in Vegas. And you know what? The only way the Green Bay Packers are ever going to make money off of you, Aaron, is if they take the money that they have and they go play it in Vegas. That's how they're going to get the money back. Because you cost way too damn much. Put it all on 12. 35 to 1 odds. This is ridiculous to me. You're a good quarterback. You're strong. You're not the best fantasy quarterback out there. Heck, you might not be in the top five. But what you're doing to your team, and I believe this, he will never win a Super Bowl in Green Bay. And I know that you disagree with that, Mike, and I understand that. I know people are going to argue with me about this. But he has taken so much from this team that there's no way in hell that this drama and this ridiculousness off the field and not being it. Listen, I don't want to play for a leader who doesn't lead. He got his money. Leaders have to lead. You don't get to be a leader by saying, well, you know, I'm the highest paid player on the team. That doesn't mean you're the leader. That means you're, that means you're the highest paid player on the team. You are, you are a drama queen. Okay. I know, I know about all his damn relationships. I don't want to know about this. I don't talk about that. Right. My comedy specials. That's what I save it for. I dated some crazy women 
and I'm more than happy to talk about it. But I know everything about Aaron Rodgers that has nothing to do with football. That's a problem, Aaron. I don't know boo about Tom Brady. I don't know anything. I know what, I know what Tom Brady tells us. But we don't hear much about Tom Brady. He's dating a, a supermodel. He's married Mary. to a supermodel. We don't know anything about that. We don't know much of anything about Giselle. She's doing her thing. He's doing his thing. But here we are in today's America, Aaron Rodgers. And I know that when you go to waterfalls and I know when you're like hanging out with this girl and doing this and that, go to practice. You just took the most money that the Green Bay Packers have probably ever summed up in the history of anything. And right after you make bank, you don't come to practice? Screw you, bro. If I'm a receiver, screw you. If I'm an offensive lineman, I'm going to let you get hit a couple times. You just took our team, handcuffed us to the ground, and made it so that because you got your money, all of us, no matter what we get, we're probably not going to get what we're worth. You crippled all of us, and we're all going to have to sacrifice to be a part of this team and stay with you. And then you don't come to practice. You're a good quarterback. You're also a jerk. That's how I feel. Well, at receiver for the Packers, they they have a couple guys Aaron likes a lot. Aaron likes Randall Cobb, fought for him to get back on the team. Aaron likes Alan Lazard, guy I know, personally done business with, and, and I like Alan Lazard as well. I liked him before he left Jacksonville. I thought it was a mistake that they let a guy from the Big Ten who was like second-team Big Ten led the team in all sorts of categories when he, was at, when he was at Iowa State. This is a guy who Aaron sees that in him. And then they draft a guy in Christian Watson. Now, every year I do the Adjusted Explosiveness Index, which is available on the website, HallOfFameFantasyFootball.com or WinningFantasyFootball.com, however you plug it in. You can get the Adjusted Explosiveness Index. I'm not going to tell you exactly where Christian Watson lands on that list. I will tell you, though, he's top five. <laughs> top five for this guy. So he has something there. And the Packers were very careful in where they selected him as well. Now, a couple years ago, they moved up to get Jordan Love. And he looks like he's going to be the odd man out once again. I don't think that he's going to see the field anytime soon since Aaron is there still. Is this a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers situation revisited? Yeah. I'm not sure. Aaron Rodgers still has some game left in him. He's got Robert Tanyan and Mercedes Lewis to look to in the end zone, in the red zone. Sammy Watkins is there. Juwan Winfrey. Amari Rodgers. They just drafted Romeo Dubs. This is a team that not only with the addition of those pieces, they're not superstars, they're not going to make a splash, they're not household names yet, yet. But they also went out and improved their defense, which can be the quarterback's best friend. Devontae Wyatt at defensive end, Quay Walker at one of the linebackers. This is a team that already has Devondre Campbell. They already have Rashawn, Gary. They already have Darnell Savage, who they locked back up. Dean Lowry's been doing an excellent job at defensive end. This is a team that can get it done defensively and has some young and upcoming parts with the veteran quarterback, much opposite of the winning formula in the NFL where you have that rookie quarterback contract and all the high-dollar pieces around him. 
Yeah. I venture to say they make it work again, and they get to the NFC Championship. Getting to the Super Bowl is a little bit harder, but I think they make a return to the NFC Championship. I like Aaron Rodgers. I don't like him well enough to be my first choice. He's number 12 on the quarterback rankings, but I think they have enough around him and enough on the defense that Aaron can somehow make it happen. And then it's not even talking about the running game and Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. I think there's enough there in Green Bay there where they can make a solid run. I think they can make a run, but he has shown in the playoffs that he make that they just they can't do it. The number one team, and they got bounced. They couldn't even score against San Francisco. So to me, <laughs> you got paid a lot of money, Aaron. And when it comes to the playoffs, you, where are you? And when it comes to OTAs, where are you? I'm not. Listen, I'm a professional. I put my boots on. I go to work. If you're not there on Monday and you're not there on Tuesday and you're not there on Wednesday, don't show up on Thursday and put your hand on my shoulder and say, hey, bro, let's get to work together. No. If you had a family emergency, if you were sick, if something happened, fine. If you were home eating Cheerios, don't come in on Thursday. Because it's ridiculous. And the special preferential treatment is wrong. I'm not about that life. You know, I, I have had nothing but great things to say about Aaron Rodgers. But what I've had to watch the last little bit here, I don't feel – I don't want it. I would not want to deal with it. He's a good quarterback. He can score points. He's not bad to have on your fantasy team. But he's not going to win another Super Bowl in Green Bay. Kirk Cousins, Minnesota. He's still there doing his thing. We got Kellen Mond that's there. We have Sean Mannion. The Kirk Cousins weapons, Delvin Cook, Alexander Madison, as well as Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. My guy K.J. Osborne, who came from Buffalo and transferred to Miami, he's there. Irv Smith Jr., he back. And those are the weapons. We know that Kirk can be serviceable, and we know that Justin Jefferson is coming off of a fantastic rookie performance of over 1,000 yards, and Adam Thielen is Adam Thielen. Thielen has shown that he can be productive without Stephon Diggs, and Justin Jefferson has shown that he can make you forget about Stephon not being there. There's a lot of good in Minnesota, and Kirk Cousins, you know what I like about him? He goes to work. He may be the equator line of quarterbacks, but he goes to work. He doesn't cause drama, and his players get the job done. The guys out there that he gets the ball to, they perform. And if you don't draft Kirk Cousins, you're still drafting Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Delvin Cook, and potentially Irv Smith Jr. And that says something about Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you know, I've long considered Kirk Cousins to be on the Mendoza line. And what that is, the middling, you know, if you take the 32 teams, they're 16 and 17 are in the middle there. That's where Kirk Cousins usually is. He's a great second quarterback to have, and he will step up on occasion. Uh, give you an example. This year, right now, preseason, he's number 15 on the rankings, so right there at the Mendoza line. The Mendoza line comes from Mario Mendoza of the 1979 Mariners. His teammates used to joke that he was on that line because they say you should be batting at least 200 in the major leagues, and that was where he ended up, like 215, 217, something like that. So that, that's where that comes from. He's not going to be a horrifically bad, 
but he's not going to be great either. But he may surprise you and jump out there at times. And I think he's capable of doing that with Justin Jefferson, with Alan Thielen. They just brought in Jalen Naylor from Michigan State. Dalvin Cook, can he stay healthy? When Alexander Madison's got to get on the field, can he get it done? Will their defense get it done? They just tightened up the secondary in their defense in Minnesota. I think that Kirk Cousins is going to have an excellent year for Kirk Cousins. He's going to have a couple opportunities where he's going to say, you like that? You like that? Again. <laughs> but I don't think he's going to be saying that in the championship game anytime soon. I think it's going to be a middling situation still. I think Minnesota's a good team. I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. But I don't want good. I want elite all the way up and down my roster on a fantasy team. And he's just not going to cut it. Maybe as a backup, though. Yeah, you know, he's not a bad backup to have. He's not a bad guy to put out there for a week on your team. He's got a lot of weapons, and there's a lot of value in those weapons. And that, and I give <clears throat> I give him credit for that, that even if, like I said, even if you don't draft Kirk Cousins, there's still the Kirk Cousins effect because you trust him to get the ball out to those guys. And people are drafting Delvin Cook, Adam Thielen, and Justin Jefferson high, and at least two of those three if they let Thielen drop a little bit. Moving on to the NFC South, the Atlanta Falcons quarterback is not Matty Ice. I said within the co a couple of years, I thought it would be ending. It ended to me pretty unceremoniously. And now we have Marcus Mariota, former number two pick. Felipe Franks is there, who was at Florida, transferred out. Mike doesn't want to talk about it. That's cool. But Felipe Franks had some good moments. He was supposed to be the future of the Gators. Didn't end up being he did well at Arkansas. He did well. He did well at Arkansas. And my one of my favorite players of recent history, one of the guys I love talking to and a guy I defended all the time because, well, they earned the right for that defense to come because they weren't getting the respect that they deserve. Desmond Ritter is there, the future of the Atlanta Falcons at quarterback and the second quarterback that was drafted in this draft, the second behind – Another guy that I covered, Kenny Pickett. So, Cordero Patterson is their number one running back. That's a danger zone. I've never been a fan of the Cordero situation. I mean, like, PPR, yes, but, like, what is this? Damian Williams. I just want to see how long I could do this on my screen. Uh, Damian Williams, Tyler, uh, Algier, they brought him in. He had some good numbers as uh, coming out of college. Uh, Quadri Allison, uh, Pitt, still there. They drafted Drake London. Mike and I both thought that they would do that eighth overall. They did, and then they have uh, Alameda Zacchaeus from Virginia, who I covered, and they have uh, Kyle Pitts in his second season. It's going to be out there for them from N Florida. So here we are with this. A lot of weapons. Could be the resurgence of Marcus Mariota. Stopgap between him and Desmond Ritter. I'm excited about what Desmond can be. And I'm looking forward to his future. I think Atlanta's got some value at quarterback as a backup to you, not as a starter. But, boy, do they have a lot of weapons. Let's hope that whoever plays can get the ball out to them. Because no offense to Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan was a – Matt Ryan did a very bad impression of Matt Ryan for the last couple of years. Yeah, you know, I think the guy that's most like Matt Ryan in his prime is Felipe Franks. Not to pile on because he was a former Gator, just because of his stature. You looked at those two guys next to each other, they look similar. Felipe Franks has got to get rid of the ball. He may not have a chance, but he may have a chance. See, I got Marcus Mariota ranked 30. 
I got Desmond Ritter ranked 34. Felipe Franks isn't even on the ranking. isn't even in consideration. But I will tell you to keep an eye on him. Keep him on your watch list, Felipe Franks, because I think that there's an opportunity for Marcus Mariota to go down this year. Look, 33% of the quarterbacks go down for at least one game every year. What I mean is usually due to injury. It's a tough position. There's huge guys coming after you at elite speed, and they're 300-pound 6'5 guys. You're not going to be able to depend on a Brian Edwards, an Auden Tate, a Kadero Hodge, a Geronimo Allison, a Damari Bird, a Olamid Zacasius, a Frank Darby, an Austin Trammell. These are not household names at all. The name you're going to get accustomed to hearing is Drake London, the rookie at a USC. The name you're going to continue to hear is Kyle Pitts because Mariota does like to throw to the tight end. Cordero Patterson, he's going to stay in the mix as the running back. Can catch the ball, well-documented, he can catch the ball. They bring in Tyler Algier. I'm worried that Marcus Mariota isn't going to make it through the year. One of these guys is going to get plugged in, Felipe Franks or Desmond Ritter. Go ahead and mark the tape now. So when it happens, we can go back to this show and say, look, on this date, this is what Mike said. Here's the deal. Marcus Mariota is not a very good quarterback. Still, he's made a comeback in the past year or so. I get it. Great. Not going to happen. Desmond Ritter, not going to be great right off the bat if he gets an opportunity to step in. Felipe Franks, not going to be very good right off the bat. So I'm staying away from this situation. I am going to utilize the quarterback situation from Atlanta with my confidence in Kyle Pitts and Drake London and their whatever quarterback is going to be there, whether it's Mariota or not that that quarterback is going to be able to get the ball to those players because those are the two key playmakers, Kyle Pitts and Drake London. I'm not interested in the quarterback situation in Atlanta at all. It's too muddy. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I'm hopeful for Desmond Ritter, but again, fantasy-wise, I am not thinking that this would be anywhere near your starter. And uh, we're trying a new thing here. We're putting up polls. So I did put up a poll on whether or not you think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, will get traded this year. And now the current poll that's up is stating, uh, do you believe that Desmond Ritter will play this season? So as a rookie, do you think he'll see the field? And uh, we're testing these out. They're five-minute polls, so you have to vote in them quickly. As soon as you see them go up in the right-hand corner of your video here on Facebook, you'll see the, the little poll lines, and you just click on that poll line, and then you can vote in it. It should also come up on your video itself and it should be there and you should be able to click so make sure you vote in our polls as we're testing them out today and uh, moving on from the atlanta falcons to the arizona or the pardon me the carolina panthers sam darnold matt corral pj walker and a guy whose name i like davis cheek <laughs> so you know it's just uh i i definitely i mean i could play with that a lot if we had we have purdy we have cheek there's a lot of good stuff coming on here so the reality for me is that carolina allegedly has been continuing to look for a quarterback which should make the sam darnold feel great and matt corral as well uh, pj walker has made it there i covered pj at temple pj went on to play in the XFL when it had its resurgence year. And he did well enough there to claim a job in the NFL. One of the few guys that got to do it, and I'm proud of him, and I hope more guys get the opportunity. Christian McCaffrey's back. Chuba Hubbard is there. Uh, Dante Foreman 
is on the roster as well. Uh, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson are back. Terrence Marshall Jr., who was drafted last year, is back. So there are some weapons here in Carolina. But this is one of those situations where I believe, like some of the other teams we talked about, we could see three of these quarterbacks play this year. Sam Darnold, Matt Corral, and P.J. Walker. Or we could see them trade for somebody. I don't think Carolina's situation is any less muddy than what we've been talking about. I would argue that it's a little bit murkier in these waters. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think Sam Darnold, it's a shame because I thought he, I had more confidence in him last year, evidently, you know, and he showed that you can't have that confidence in him, unfortunately, with his performance. Matt Corral is an underrated guy. I've told the story before about how I, you know, had the opportunity to meet him. I didn't say too much, didn't do too much. It was on a Gator sideline, you know, at, at a game when he was a high school recruit. I didn't want a recruiting violation by me saying the wrong thing or doing the wrong thing there. You know, Christian McCaffrey, outstanding running back. Chuba Hubbard, outstanding running back in his own right. They got Donta Foreman, who's capable to step in at any given moment. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, I like both those guys. Those guys both could be number one receivers on a team in the NFL. Terrace Marshall showed up last year. This is a guy who you're excited about getting the ball to out of the slot. So I think Sam Darnold has the weapons. I think he has the opportunity. If he can step up again this year and be consistent this year, you're not going to see Matt Corral right away. I will say, though, that if we don't see that in practice, this is going to be like the the coming of Russell Wilson back in the day when he went to Seattle. They brought in Matt Hasselback. They drafted Russell Wilson in the third round. And all of a sudden, Hasselback was th- dispensable because – Russell Wilson was going to be the starting quarterback at a camp. So this is a situation where we could see if Matt Corral shines in camp and Sam Darnold doesn't, we could see a change before the season even starts. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they're going to let Corral sit a little bit. I think they're going to let him study and learn a little bit, but I think he's capable. I don't have Sam Darnold as a draftable guy. He's number 32 on my rankings. Matt Corral's a little further down because I'm not as high as his with his opportunity on the field. I think we're going to see Sam Darnold this year, Matt Corral next year. I wouldn't draft either one of those guys. Yeah, I would stay away from it. I think Matt Corral is the future. They made a decision to go and get him, albeit late. But Sam Darnold, unfortunately, he got a very short end of the stick in New York. Who And in New York, listen, the Jets have made a habit of making their quarterback the scapegoat. And they've done it with different coaches. You know, they did it to Matt, Mark Sanchez, and, and now they've done it to Sam Darnold. So I want Sam Darnold to be successful. I want him to find his place. And being a team that's allegedly trying to go out and get these quarterbacks to trade for these guys, and they just drafted a guy, it doesn't make me feel good for Sam Darnold. Honestly, it's like you asked me to go to the dance with you, but you're still asking all these other guys because I'm just – the holder on the filler spot in case everybody else says no. That's what it looks like for Sam Darnold. And I don't like it. So put your dancing shoes on, Sam, because you're probably going to have to moonwalk it out of Carolina. New Orleans, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, and they drafted a couple seasons ago, Ian Book out of Notre Dame. Jameis is back. This is what we have. This is what it looks like. It's a it's an interesting world here that we're living in. Uh, Kamara and Mark Ingram, the second, are both back. 
Michael Thomas, God only knows what the hell is going on with that. Marquez Callaway had his rookie season last year. Jarvis Landry has come in. Traquan Smith is back. Uh, Taysom Hill is on this roster. And on the depth chart I'm looking at, he's on the roster as a tight end. So uh, interesting to see this right now. But we know Taysom Hill's played quarterback. So you have Jameis, Dalton, Winston, and Book. They kept what they had in New Orleans, but what they had was a bunch of guys that individually weren't a complete quarterback. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it would be real interesting to see, you know, what goes on with Michael Thomas after he had June 21 ankle surgery. They wanted him to have the surgery early in the offseason last year, allowing him to return for the season. That's where a lot of the scuttlebutt and disagreement and stuff happened with Michael Thomas. They bring in Chris Olave. They bring in Jarvis Landry. They still have Marcus Callaway, Traquan Smith on the team. Look, this is a team that has some weapons. You would think that with as many interceptions as Jameis Winston has thrown in the past, you would think that this would be an opportunity for him to throw more and this would be great. No, and not necessarily because the defense improved in New Orleans greatly in the last two years. Marshawn Lattimore, Tyron Matthew, John, uh, Gardner Johnson. Uh, these are guys that Marcus made. These are guys that are playmakers. I don't think that you're going to have a situation where the Saints are down by a lot. Even with the change of coaching, even with the Michael Thomas now being back, the rookie uh, wide receiver and Chris Olave being in the lineup right away. Look, you still got Alvin Kamara. You still got Mark Ingram. These guys are like a thunder and lightning situation. I like Mark Ingram's rah-rah ability. I'm not going to draft him because he's a specialty down guy and he's a locker room guy and he can keep things going. I'm not sure he even makes the roster with his age and so forth, but he's a good guy to have on your team. He's a good team player. I think there's tremendous opportunity for Jameis Winston. I think this could be a make or break year for him. Yeah, they brought in Andy Dalton. Yeah, they have Ian Book. Yeah, they still have Taysom Hill, who they're trying to designate as the tight end now. I think that's more for contractual purposes. Here's the deal. I'm not going to draft Jameis Winston. He's number 24 on my ranking. I'm going to draft some of these other pieces around him, but I'm not going to draft Jameis Winston. No, and, and that's the reality. I mean, listen, Taysom Hill provides to you something. And if they keep him at tight end, then – you know, drafting him is easier and getting him onto the field is easier, especially with flex position. So I would appreciate if places like ESPN, where we do our drafts through, if they would leave him as a tight end, because then it's easier to get him out there on the roster because you don't want to play him as your quarterback. But Jameis Winston, you don't want to play him as your quarterback as well. So I would stay away from the New Orleans quarterback situation. The final piece here, there's a guy by the name of Tom Brady. I don't know how many people are you know, kind of know who he is and, you know, how long he's been in the league. He's all right. He's okay. Uh, you know, he's, you know, uh, he's the GOAT. Mike and I have finally admitted it. Stop. Stop getting weird about it. We did it for you. We, you know, we didn't do it for you. We did it because it's real. Okay. I don't do anything for, for the people. I say what I feel is right in my heart. And what's right in my heart is that he is, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Tom Brady has Leonard Fournette. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, all back. Russell Gage is there now from Atlanta. Cameron Brait is still there. No more O.J. Howard. Still don't know about Rob Gronkowski. I'm sure he'll play because that's just, that's just how it goes. 
So another more drama, you know, it's another part of the drama. So Tampa is out. It's funny. Tom Brady has always been a quarterback that's had success in the NFL in reality. But fantasy-wise, in New England, he really wasn't the guy that you wanted to draft. But now in in Tampa, he puts up some pretty sustainable numbers. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, Tom Brady's a, a top-ten quarterback. He's a QB one in any fantasy league. Look, having Fournette is, is, is a gift. He, he can catch the ball and throw the, and run the ball with power. Giovanni Bernard really didn't contribute much. Keyshawn Vaughn's had a couple of years to break into the lineup. He can't. They draft Rashad White. I think that's going to be tremendous to spell Leonard Fournette. Cameron Bray, a heady player. This is a guy that can get it done. O.J. Howard, of course, jettisoned out of there. And you're right. I think Gronk is going to be back. By the way, Gronk and Tom Brady, both at the New York Yankees spring training facility in Tampa there, Brady was hitting fly balls off the machine, and Gronk was out there shagging him in the outfield. Interesting that Gronk's already in Tampa Bay, already hanging out with Tom Brady. So that's a foregone conclusion. But you look at the receivers with Evans and Chris Godwin, I mean, I, th- those are two dynamic guys. You throw a Gronk in the situation, a clutch player, a red zone guy, a touchdown-dependent guy, I'm okay with that. Tom Brady's a smart player. He's going to get it done. He's going to get the Bucks back to where they need to be, and that's in the Super Bowl. I think that left a bad taste in his mouth. He assumed they were going back for a back-to-back. They didn't have that. He said he was going to retire. He retired. But you could tell that just didn't sit well with him. He had to get back on the field and prove that he could go out on top. I think that's where Tom Brady wants to be. I have every bit of confidence in Tom Brady because of the pieces around him, because of the coaching change as well. Well, maybe the coaching change was because of Tom Brady. There's talk about that. Look, they're going to do whatever they have to do to make Tom Brady as successful and as comfortable as he can be in Tampa. They've done that so far, and I think it's going to continue on. I look for the Bucks to continue on with their success, and I look at Tom Brady to be part of that success. Tom Brady is number six on my quarterback rankings right now. Yeah, you know, and and I think, listen, Tom Brady, obviously, you know, he's done a lot for me. He's bailed me out the last couple seasons in Tampa, and he was a better quarterback in fantasy than I thought he would be. So I'm very uh, happy with the work that he's put forward. He is definitely worth drafting, worth keeping there. I don't want to play against him, and, I mean, his numbers are just incredible. He has the weapons. He brings in Russell Gage, which means that Russell Gage will probably become – Finally, the Russell Gage I was hoping he would be because people get better around him. Leonard Fournette signed a three-year contract. He had a one-year contract. They won a Super Bowl, signed another one year. Now he has an actual multi-year contract. So congrats to Leonard Fournette, who I covered with the Jaguars and when he played up against Syracuse when he was on LSU. So, you know, I mean, we don't have to say too much about this situation. It's a good situation. And, you know, they're doing good things there in Tampa, and he's worth putting out there. We'll head to the AFC North. We've covered the entire NFC, half of the league, quarterback situations. The final year of his rookie contract, believe it or not, they pick up the option. Fifth year, not believe it or not that they picked up the option. Believe it or not, this is five years of Lamar Jackson. This is crazy to me. I, to me, I feel like he's two or three years in. I feel like he just got into the NFL. Lamar Jackson well- here. Uh, Tyler Huntley, we know that he has done some work to uh, be able to continue to run the ball and make that offense be something special. Anthony Brown, a guy that I covered and I know from Cliffwood, New Jersey, he got drafted or he got uh, added to the team. So you got a bunch of guys on this team now that hopefully can run this 
run first offense. And uh, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, both still there. Mike Davis comes to this team, uh, and he's obviously made his hay in different places. He was a good stand-in in Carolina for Christian McCaffrey. He never really caught on in an Atlanta team that we both warned everybody about last year. Uh, Rashad Bateman's going into year number two. Devin DuVernay is there. And uh, James Prochet, the seconds, is, is a part of this Baltimore Ravens team. And James Prochet, a guy that I cover SMU, so obviously I know about James Prochet. Mark Andrews is back. So they have all this as they got rid of Hollywood Brown. What are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson? And obviously the fact that this man puts up very substantial numbers. And uh, he's one of those guys, in my opinion, that can give you 40 to 50 points in a given week. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's a guy who obviously turned the corner last year with 31-27 in passing yards, the best he's had yet. He can get it done on the ground. He, This is a guy who's not afraid to run the ball. That's what makes him that big dual threat. That's what makes him the guy everybody wants. Look, I, he, last year he was like QB number seven in fantasy. This year I have him up there. I, I think that he's capable of putting up even better numbers, even though he doesn't have Hollywood Brown. I got him number four on the rankings this year. Look, if you're looking for outstanding wide receiver play, I'm not sure you're going to see it without somebody stepping up. Rashad Bateman has to step up. Devin Duvernay. These guys have been in the league a couple years. Tylen Wallace. These guys all need to make something happen. The guy I'm really interested in, though, is Mark Andrews. He's probably going to be the number one tight end on my rankings. J.K. Dobbins, he needs to stay healthy. Mix in some Gus Edwards and Mike Ev Mike Davis in there. Look, if they can run the ball and continue to control the game through Lamar Jackson controlling the clock with the running game, dumping it off to Mark Andrews, who should lead the league as a tight end again. They have an outstanding defense usually. They've picked up some more pieces in the draft. They drafted a lot of defensive guys. They brought in a lot of defensive guys. As a matter of fact, I like Kyle Hamilton to be able to get it done from the safety position, look for him to grow. But I think Lamar Jackson is a guy that even with Hollywood Brown last year, I think he could have a better year passing the ball by proving to spread out the ball. They don't want him to run as much, but they want him to run when he needs to. And I think John Harbaugh knows what kind of talent he has. That's why they locked him up for that fifth-year option. I look for Lamar Jackson, if he can stay healthy like he did last year, to have another outstanding year and be a top-five fantasy quarterback for you. Yeah, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson, listen, he's he's <laughs> – if I have Kyler Murray, I wanted Lamar Jackson. If I have Justin Fields, I wanted Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's my first choice when it comes to running quarterbacks. And so, to me, it's it's plain and clear. Do I want Baltimore? To, I mean, Baltimore needs to do better. As a team, they need to do better. They need to come through better. This offense is still working out some of its kinks. But we know that Lamar Jackson is going to put up points. He's going to put up numbers. And I... You know, for his sake, I hope that he does better. And for the team's sake, I hope that he does better. And in fantasy, I mean, why would you want to play against a guy who's got legs like that? Cincinnati, Joe Burrow is your quarterback. His weapons still, Samaje Brine, as well as Joe Mixon. Jamar Chase, who I told you was going to be the number one guy because they knew each other at LSU, and he did become that. T. Higgins is still there out of Clemson. He dipped with Jamar Chase coming in. Tyler Boyd. And they now have Hayden Hurst, who's been a journeyman from the Ravens to the Falcons to the Bengals. So he went from two nests to now being a Bengal 
and they have Drew Sample that's still there as well. Joe Burrow is coming off of leading his team to a Super Bowl with an offensive line that really didn't protect him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, and, and they didn't do much in the draft at that offensive line position. They brought in right guard Cordell Bolson. The, the surprising thing is, is how well the defense has played most of the year last year for Cincinnati. If they can keep that up, they did bring in a couple more defensive players, Zachary Carter, Daxon Hill at safety. They, they can shore up any holes through potential injury, what have you. I think they got an outstanding linebacking core. They got outstanding ability to rush the quarterback with, with Hubbard and Hendrickson. But the wide receivers is where it's at. The wide receiver and the running game on this team are just sick. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Now, Hayden Hurst, a little spotty at tight end, I get it. But when you have Mixon, Samaj Perrine is behind him. I think this running and passing attack of Cincinnati is stellar. I put it up against most in the NFL. I think Joe Burrow's going to continue to have a dominant year. However, <laughs> the stat proves that when you come to the Super Bowl and you don't win, you usually don't even make the playoffs the following year. So hopefully that's not due to injury to somebody. We've seen Joe, Joe Burrow be injured, and, 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 and you know everybody takes a step back when your quarterback's injured. Well, I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think Cincinnati's going to be a good team. I'm hoping that Joe Burrow stays healthy and that Joe Burrow is a rankable quarterback for you. He's a guy that you can rank, you can draft as your QB1. I have him at number eight. Yeah, you know, I think Joe Burrow for sure. I mean, like Tom Brady, a couple of years ago, I had Joe Burrow as a rookie on my team and Tom Brady as well. And I struggled with who am I going to play? One guy got me 51 points, one guy gets me 49. So – I mean, this is this is an easy thing to put out there, an easy one to tell you to play. This is an absolute uh, must for me to put Joe Burrow out there. He's a top-tier fantasy quarterback, in my opinion, and you got to play him. We've put some polls up here on a video. We've also put them up on Twitter, at CallDT. Make sure you follow me there if you have not yet, at CallDT, C-A-L-L-D-T. We put up polls all throughout the month. And uh, I asked you, is Sam Darnold the future of the Carolina Panthers? And 100% of you so far have come in and said no. Uh, will quarterback Desmond Ritter see the field this season for the Atlanta Falcons? Mike and I say yes. 100% of our poll voting has said yes. And do you believe the players should go to voluntary OTAs? The early poll is saying 100% yes. So we'll continue to run those polls here for you. And like I said, it's a definite for me that you got to put out Joe Burrow onto your team. you got to draft him. That's an easy thing here. Cleveland Browns, you got Baker Mayfield, you got Deshaun Watson, you got Josh Dobbs, who will end up back in Pittsburgh because we know that that's what happens. Dobbs goes and has a cup of coffee in Jacksonville, back to Pittsburgh. Now he's in Cleveland, he'll be back to Pittsburgh probably within the next three days, as long as he can catch a flight with these ridiculous flights right now. So Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson, this is where we're – and Jacoby Brissett, totally disrespectful that this man's on third string. But I think this is just, I mean, this is a temporary thing, right? It's supposed to be Deshaun Watson. Jacoby's going to be the backup. If Deshaun gets suspended or something happens, they can work in Jacoby, who started for the Patriots and the Colts. That's what I think this is. Baker's and not for long. He's paid $18.9 million. Listen, the Cleveland Browns paid him. They exercised his option, and they paid it. Allegedly, to trade him 
they don't want to pick up the majority of this cost for the team to take him. You guys decided to pay him. It's no other team's fault that you paid him. You want to get rid of him? Make the deal. Because he's either going to sit in your locker room and it's going to be a problem for $18.9 million, or he's going to sit in somebody else's locker room and you don't have to worry about it for whatever you end up negotiating the price to be. If Baker doesn't want to be there and he's been public about it, and you obviously don't want him there because you went and got Deshaun Watson and Jacoby Brissett, then make the move. Stop the nonsense. This is one of those, I don't want to date you, but I don't want to see you dating anybody else. Stop, okay? I know you bought your girl the car. You got, I understand, you bought her a convertible and then you decided you wanted to break up. So now you're trying to get her to give you the convertible back because you don't think that she should be riding around in it with another guy. Here's reality. You bought it for her. It's a gift. You don't want to be with her. Go buy another car and deal with your life. Baker Mayfield doesn't need to be there anymore. So stop forcing him to be there. There's other teams that could look to him. And this Cleveland Browns situation, as I call them, the Kardashians of the NFL, it needs to stop and we need to move forward. There's a lot of weapons here, but I'm going to be real with you. I'm not a fan of Baker Mayfield, but I'd rather have him than Deshaun Watson because of the drama. If there was no drama with Deshaun Watson, this is night and day. I covered Deshaun at Clemson. I, Deshaun's a young quarterback playing in Houston. He has the opportunity to be an elite quarterback that could play 10 to 15 years in the NFL. The problem is everything that's happened off the field. So if he's innocent, then we need to prove that. If he's guilty, then, then we need to prove that, and we need to move on. But Deshaun Watson is one of those guys that – could go down as one of the best quarterbacks in the current NFL. Baker Mayfield's not. So let one of them go, figure it out with the other one, and let's be real about it. At the end of the day, because this is Cleveland, it's probably going to be Jacoby Brissett playing quarterback. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you, you know, I think that they're worried about the Deshaun Watson thing a little more now. I thought they thought that this might have been, uh, you know, all, all done and over with almost. You can't go back to Baker Mayfield, though. I mean, you've already made that bed. So I think, again, you know, kind of like we talked about before, there's a situation where he can't be traded yet because there's not a need in the market yet. Now, there's a need on Cleveland for a wide receiver, which is why they brought in five of them. David Bell is the guy that you're going to want to target at all five of those guys. Unless you're in dynasty, then you want to target Isaiah Weston. Isaiah Weston finished very well in the adjusted explosiveness index, and you can catch that at Hall of Fame Fantasy Football.com or Winning Fantasy Football.com. Amari Cooper is going to be the number one receiver. I mean, we don't see Jarvis Landry there anymore. We don't see anybody on the sidelines proposing the punters' nets or anything like that. Donovan Peoples-Jones needs to step back up again like he has in the past. But there's nothing really outstanding there. David Njoku at tight end doesn't strike fear in anybody's, anybody's hearts. Harrison Bryant, same thing. The running game is very effective, though, with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Ernest Johnson when he's, he's had to step in, and they bring in Jerome Ford. So this is all positive for the running attack. I think Deshaun Watson is the better quarterback between him and Baker Mayfield. I think Deshaun Watson is going to get the starting nod unless the left shoe drops on this whole Watson situation and all of a sudden everything blows up. Watson's making less money than Mayfield this year, but next year Watson's due to make an estimated $46 million. 
So they knew what they were getting into. They took a chance, and now the chance still isn't paying off yet. They're hoping it's going to. I'm tentative on Deshaun Watson because of that situation. I've got him ranked number 13. He could be a top 10 quarterback for you if you're willing to take that chance. Hopefully, the dust will settle on this court stuff before fantasy drafts really hit, and you'll be able to make a better decision. Right now, I don't have Mayfield even draftable, and I got Deshaun Watson at 13. Yeah, you know, I think he'll play this season. I think Deshaun will play this season. But, uh, again, I mean, this is – there was a time in the last two years that I thought to myself, could he be one of the greatest quarterbacks that we never got to really see? Because he hasn't reached his potential in the NFL. He hasn't grabbed the spotlight yet for the right reasons, and it could all be over. It's a weird situation, right? He's coming from Clemson. I think he's good, but not, like, the best. But then you see him in Houston, and I'm going, okay, like, look at how talented he is. Look at what he's doing. Look at what he can do. He could be a top-four guy. But – Everything else has stopped that. Baker needs to go. They need to make that move because it's it's dramatic and it's it's getting old and it's way old. I'm not a Browns fan and it's old for me. So I don't like the situation that, that they have put themselves in. But do what you got to do to let Baker go. And the other side of it with Deshaun Watson, I mean, it's – listen – he could be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And the one thing that he's doing that Aaron Rodgers isn't doing is he's training with his guys. He's getting ready. How about this with Deshaun Watson? He's getting ready even if he can't play. Aaron Rodgers just made $50 million a year and can play and isn't getting ready. Says something about something. I'm just saying. You got one guy who doesn't know if he'll be out there and he's doing everything he can to be out there. And you got another guy who's just mailing it in, making more money than everybody. Pittsburgh Steelers, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, and Chris Aladakum. And two of these guys drafted in this year's draft, as well as Mason Rudolph drafted a few years ago that didn't pan out. And Mitch Trubisky brought in, I think, just to, just to be there to teach and to maybe create a couple-game couple window. But this is a Kenny Pickett team, in my opinion. The only guy drafted in the first round, 20th overall. Najee Harris, his numbers were really good last year. Kelvin Austin the third. The Steelers get a steal, pun intended, when they got my guy out of Memphis. Deontay Johnson is now the number one guy, as we have seen over the years, Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster leave. Chase Claypool has a chance to be up there. They go and draft George Pickens. Another guy that can help you out, a guy from Ohio State. They got another one of my guys from Memphis, Anthony Miller. So you got two Memphis wide receivers on the same team now in Pittsburgh. And you got the guy that I would have loved Jacksonville to have is Pat Fryermuth, the tight end out of uh, Penn State coming to them last year. And you got a guy from Jacksonville in Miles Jack on your defensive side of the ball. I like a lot of the moves that the Steelers have made. And I think the Steelers are going to be okay. And I think the, the new era of football, hard to believe that Ben Roethlisberger is gone, but I think the new era of football looks bright. And I think Pittsburgh fans should be excited. I don't know if fantasy-wise this is something you can really lean on initially, but I think Pittsburgh's going to be okay. 
Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's going to be okay because they have outstanding receivers, an outstanding run game, and an outstanding defense. You know, they're they're lined up for that magic formula of having the rookie quarterback, the rookie contract, and they got a defense that can make a run. Now, will they? Their rookies are going to have to step up. That does include Kenny Pickett because I don't believe in Mitch Trubisky. I believe Mitch Trubisky is the the stopgap, is the card, the player card, if you would. You know, and but I think he's one injury away from never getting back on the field again. Kenny Pickett, even though they say he has small hands, he seems to be a playmaker. They've had plenty of opportunity to see this guy. They were right next door to each other in Pittsburgh, basically. Yeah. Look, Deontay Johnson needs to continue to excel. Chase Claypool, he was a guy that topped the adjusted explosiveness index several years ago. This is a guy that can get it done. They go out and they get George Pickens and Calvin Austin as well. Calvin Austin, a little slighter in stature compared to George Pickens. George Pickens, the larger running back. George Pickens running a 4-4-7. And Calvin Austin running a scorching 4-3-2. That's speed right there. You mix in a Pat Firemuth, you mix in a Najee Harris, like we talked about. Excellent running back, excellent receiver. This is a guy that can be in every down back. This is a situation where if Trubisky is ever going to bounce back, he has the tools around him. He has the defense to help him out of trouble. Sometimes he gets in trouble, like Jameis Winston with interceptions. I get it. He has a defense that can bail him out and a defense that can get him the ball in good situation by forcing turnovers as well. Kenny Pickett is going to be the starting quarterback. Probably not going to be the starting quarterback to start out the year. I think he will be by the middle to the end of the year. I don't think I can draft either one of these quarterbacks. I do like the talent around them, and I do like the Steelers. I couldn't have said it better myself, and I agree. Perfect. Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen. There for you with Devin Singletary back. Zach Moss still there. They drafted a guy that I interviewed and is the younger brother of Delvin Cook. James Cook out of Georgia is now a Bill. Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, took him a while. I thought he would step it up, covered him at UCF. He finally has risen to a place where we can hopefully see more consistency from him and see him be the number two guy. Jameson Crowder, journeyman of the NFL, covered him when he was at Duke. He's now a Bill. He was a Jet. And Dawson Knox and O.J. Howard are both there. So a lot of good stuff coming up here with the Buffalo Bills. And Josh Allen, we don't have to tell you, but we'll tell you. I mean, this, this guy is one of the top three, top four fantasy quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, I like Josh Allen. He's number one. He finished number one last year's quarterback, and he finished uh, so far anyway on the rankings this year as my number one overall quarterback. Everywhere you look, everywhere you go, he's practically the unanimous number one quarterback for fantasy this year. Stephon Diggs, perfectly capable receiver, a leader on the field as well. Gabe Davis has had his opportunities to shine. He shined when he had the opportunity late last year. Jamison Crowder, I'm not so much sold on, but he's in the slot. I think he'll perform better in the slot there. They also have Jake Kumaro in, in the mix there, Isaiah McKenzie, and they drafted a Khalil Shakur out of Boise State in the fifth round, who I think they're going to like a lot. I think he's going to find his way on the field. Look, the, the running back situation is great, though. Devin Singletary, you know, let's face it, Zach Moss hasn't panned out. Singletary isn't everything we thought he'd be, but he was good enough to be the starter last year most of the year they bring in james cook you heard that name before well 
You've heard of Dalvin Cook. This is James Cook, little brother. This is a guy who's going to be able to get it done. I think the defense is outstanding. I think Buffalo is led by an outstanding quarterback who can get it done. I like Josh Allen a lot. I'm going to stick with Josh Allen. Josh Allen, my number one fantasy quarterback. Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Allen deserves it. And I, I think, you know, the reality of it all is, I mean, look at what, look at what he's done and look at, you know, how he has shined. Look at the weapons that are around him. And look at the fact that Von Miller left Denver, went to the Rams in Los Angeles, won a Super Bowl, and then wanted to go play for Josh Allen, with Josh Allen, wanted to be a part of this team. So says a lot. I mean, he's leaving palm trees for <laughs> really bad snowstorms. Like, no joke. We might get more snow in Syracuse than Buffalo, but Buffalo's storms are more annoying, I guess I would say. So – it's pretty crazy. A lot of our polls are getting a crazy response here. I want to shout them out. I asked if uh, Dallas Cowboys should trade for San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. This is close. 60% uh, of you said no. 40 said yes. I asked you if you believe that Deshaun Watson will play in the NFL this season. 84.4% of you said yes. 15.6% of you have said no. A uh, question that I just put up, will wide receiver Gabriel Davis shine this season as a fantasy target for the Buffalo Bills. You can vote in that poll now. All those polls are available at CallDT on Twitter. That's at C-A-L-L-D-T. And we've been putting up a bunch of the polls here as there's a new polling opportunity for Facebook videos. So wake up call with Dan Tortora live inside of the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly brought to you by the Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York. We've been putting up these polls and getting your thoughts on Twitter as well as live on this Facebook video. So make sure you check that out. Uh, with that being said, you know, I gave my statement on Josh Allen here and, and my feelings on him so we could step forward and move to our, our next team here, which will be the Miami Dolphins inside the AFC East. Uh, Miami Dolphins, Tua is their quarterback. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is there. Chase Edmonds has found his way over there. Raheem Mostert, look at this. They How about this? Besides Miles Gaskin, the Miami Dolphins have taken running backs from three, three teams in the NFC West. Three of the four teams in the NFC West, they've taken running backs from. Chase Edmonds, a former Cardinal. Raheem Mostert, a former Niner. Sony Michelle, a former Ram, who was with the Patriots before that. They got Tyreek Hill now, paid him bank. Jalen Waddle's back on the team. We know he did a good thing. And Mike Gusecki who's been a safety net. What are your thoughts on Tua, who I like, I enjoy, I root for? He came in injured. He's been injured. He was injured in college, and he's been injured in the NFL. And Teddy Bridgewater's right behind him, which is a pretty nice safety net there as well. What are your thoughts on this? And first and foremost, I want to say to everybody, I pray and I hope that you stay healthy, you stay well, and you stay safe. And I pray that for Tua as well. What are your thoughts, Mike? Well, Tua, you know, is, you know, poo-pooed around the league, if you would, or, about, you know, amongst pundits where they say, oh, yeah, this is a great quarterback, this guy isn't. Well, Tua's not a great quarterback, not yet. He has the potential. They say he's small stature. They say he can't get the ball downfield. Tyreek Hill is going to prove them wrong. He's had to slow down. Tyreek Hill's like a 429 speed. So this thing about he had to slow down for Tua to get the ball to him in, in a pass in practice, I don't want to hear any of that because 
that's that way for Tyree Kill because that's what that cat does with the four two nine speed. I think two is capable of getting the ball down the field. I think having Teddy Bridgewater is a luxury that not a lot of teams have. I think Teddy Bridgewater is a steady Eddie guy. He can be a place card guy. He's okay with being the backup, and he's he can step up when he needs to. But Tyree Kill is a fast guy. I'm not sure all this is going to work out in Miami. I think somehow they're going to muffle this. They're going to fumble it somehow. Jalen Waddle, outstanding receiver. Cedric Wilson's going to fill in in the slot. They did bring in Eric Uzakanma from Texas Tech in the fourth round. Look for him to try to make his way on the field. Mike Gusecki's a yeoman's type tight end. He's going to be there, a steady Eddie guy. Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle, Raheem Mozart, Miles Gaskert. This is a committee situation I'm staying away from. The good news is it's plug and play. Any one of these guys can go off at any given time. So that's a nice luxury to have. I think two is a fine quarterback. I think he's an NFL quarterback. I'm not going to poo-poo him like everybody else does. But I'm also not going to tell you he's my top quarterback. He's number 17 on the rankings. Yeah, no. And, and that's the question I'm putting up right now is, do you believe Tua is the answer? for the Dolphins at quarterback. And, you know, I think I think this probably is contingent on the people that want to say yes. I think it's contingent on him staying healthy, of course. And and I can understand that completely. You know, I think I think the the whole tanking for Tua and the notion of, you know, where the Dolphins trying to lose so they could get him, then they turn around and they get him, but it hasn't really panned out. And and I don't think it's because he's not good as a quarterback, it's that he's not available. And Mike says all the time, your best ability is your availability. And and that's something that Tua has not had. Now, I just put the poll up on our Facebook video and, I, and on Twitter, Twitter at CallDT. Make sure you follow us there at C-A-L-L-D-T. Immediate response was yes. Do you believe Tua is the answer at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins future? Our immediate instantaneous response so far has been yes. So it's interesting to see this and to see, um, you know, what people think about this. I think he's got a ton of weapons and no excuses. You have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Mike Gusecki all on the same team. If you're an NFL quarterback and your arm can get the ball somewhere, I mean, you don't have to go far with Tyreek. Pitch it. Dump it. Everybody wanted to come at Tim Tebow for the fact that he was a dink and dunk guy. Tom Brady's made his hay like that. Tua, just toss it. Just, just right over, right over the offensive line. Just throw that little toss play, you know, or pitch it to the outside and let him go. You got speed with Waddle. You got speed with Tyree Kill. If Tua can't do it this year, and this, and this, you know what? Let me say it like this: I don't believe that Tua can't do it. I believe that Tua's not always healthy. I don't think he can't do it. I think a healthy Tua is one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL. He just has to stay healthy. And I pray to God he does. But with that, I'm probably not going after him as my quarterback. Definitely not my starter at all. New England. The Mac attack is back. He was a rookie last year. I told you he would play, and he did. And why was he so good? Because Bill Belichick's a friggin' whisperer of everything. Either Bill Belichick is really, 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 really smart, or he made a deal with the devil. Maybe both. I don't know. Maybe he drinks the blood of babies. I have no idea what he does. But Bill, Bill Belichick has somehow found the Holy Grail, and he's not telling anybody. He keeps leaving maps out for people, and he keeps sending them to all of these different 
you know, pyramids and different places in Mexico and not, and everything's coming up dry because he's had the Holy Grail the entire time and he's not sharing it with anybody. Mac Jones is your quarterback. Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, James White, they're all back at running back. Ramondre coming off his rookie season. Nelson Aguilar is back. Devontae Parker is now a Patriot. Jacoby Myers is back. He had some good moves. Kendrick Bourne is there. And Kale Harry's on his last leg there, in my opinion. And they have the double-headed Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith at tight end. Mac Jones, I think, is serviceable as a backup quarterback in a deep fantasy league where there's a lot of teams because there's going to be less quarterbacks to choose from. So he's a not bad bet in a you know 12, 14 team league. But I think you can get away with not having to go get him in other leagues. I like that he brings something to the table and anybody connected to Bill Belichick, I believe is going to be okay. But at the same time, he's a backup quarterback. What do you think? You know, I think Mac Jones, just like Tua, I mean, they, they have a lot in common. They both came from the same uh, quarterback you, if you would, in Alabama. Look, let me ask you a question. Everybody says that Alabama is one of the best teams in college, and they are, arguably they are, consistently playoff team. This is a this is a situation where they get all the NFL caliber type talent. The yep. SEC, Georgia, Alabama, they get all that talent. Now, if you're saying Alabama's that talented, that means they're one rung just below the NFL as far as the speed, the speed of the game. I know it's still a little bit faster in the NFL than the SEC, but any of these guys that come from the SEC are going to be prepared. They're going to have faced pro-type quarterbacks before. Mac Jones is no exception. The problem is, is he doesn't have any elite players at receiver. Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar is an also-ran at this point. Ty Montgomery, same thing. Keel Harry, same thing. These aren't guys that are going to make that big of a difference. They're not household names. They run out and they, they pick up a, a, a Taekwon Thornton in the second this year. He's coming off a great year at Baylor. This is a guy that has deep ball speed. This guy can get it done. I think Matt Jones is not a fantasy starter for you, but I think he's a guy you could take a look at and maybe pick up off the waiver wire further down the road should your team require another quarterback. He's number 26 on my rankings. He's not going to wow anybody, but he's not going to totally disappoint you either. I think Bill Belichick knows how to coach young players. I think Belichick does this better than anybody else, and I think Mac Jones is going to be fine. I look for by the end of the year Mac Jones to climb up my QB rankings, but right now he's at 26. Agree. Said it great. Waiver wire guy, guy you can pick up during the season, guy you can pick up to get some help a guy you're going to have to beat other people out to get because they're going to listen to the show or they're going to remember that we said this and they're going to run out and try and get him in week seven or week nine or something like that. I agree. Mac Jones is the guy you're going to pick up and you're going to be happy that you picked him up. And a lot of people are going to be pissed at you for getting him before they got to him. I believe that Zach Wilson last year to round out the AFC East as a rookie, 55.6% completion percentage. Attempted over 380 passes, nine touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Not great, right? But he's got weapons now. He's got Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. Elijah Moore comes back, drafted last year out of Ole Miss. He's got Corey Davis, who never panned out in Tennessee, who came from Western Michigan. And C.J. Uzuma is now a Jet, 
after spending his career in Cincinnati. The weapons are all there, but I don't trust this quarterback situation. I want Zach Wilson to be good, but I'm not anticipating that that's going to happen. However, it makes Michael Carter and Brees Hall enticing. And how about this? They draft Brees Hall after drafting Michael Carter last year. You got two young guns there. You got a bunch of really good players on your defense, and you got Garrett Wilson. The Jets definitely have enough to put up on the Broadway marker to put under those lights. But is Zach Wilson the name that you want to put on your roster? My answer is maybe during the season, but not in the beginning. Yeah, Zach Wilson's a guy that's, you know, young quarterback, second-year quarterback, definitely not a guy that you want to say, yeah, he's a great leader. He's, you know, a top-ranked guy. This is a guy that everybody's going to want. They're going to want to trade for him and everything. He's far from that guy, okay? This is a guy who I, I'm not going to draft. I'm going to stay away from. He's number 20 on the rankings. Not bad, but not great by any means. Maybe, again, somebody you pick up off the wire. They go out and they get a Garrett Wilson. They go out and they take him right away. I think he was probably one of the best receivers in the draft. They still got Corey Davis. Elijah Moore's had some great time there. Braxton Berrios may, may, you know, may be the answer here. He may challenge for a little time there with Elijah Moore. But Zach Wilson has got to work on a couple things. Zach Wilson's got to work on his confidence. I think he can move around well. He's got to concentrate on making relationships with these receivers. Corey Davis, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, these are guys he's going to want to develop a relationship that he knows where they're at seconds before they're there and puts the ball in that spot, okay? So I don't think Zach Wilson is a guy I'm going to run out and trade right trade for right away. I don't think I'm going to draft him right away, but it's a guy I may pick up or trade for later if need be because he does have some outstanding young receivers around him, and I think that's imperative for a young quarterback. I think Zach Wilson, number 20 on the rankings right now, can improve by the end of the year if everybody steps up on the Jets. Yeah, and I believe that too. That's why I said hold off on him for sure. Uh, going to the AFC West, which I consider to be the best division in football, arguably, when we look at these quarterback situations, especially Russ the Bus is now a Denver Bronco. My good friend, Nate Hackett, is their head coach. And we just did a special with Nate Hackett. Make sure you check that out. It's Nate and I uninterrupted. And that's available on youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt, as well as on facebook.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Russ the Bus is there. Javante Williams. Melvin Gordon is back. Mike Boone, my guy from Cincinnati, is also there. Covered Javante when he was at Carolina. Covered Cortland Sutton at SMU. Jerry Judy is back. And they have K.J. Hamler, who tried to help them out a little bit at wide receiver when there were some injuries that went on. I think that Russell Wilson is in a position right now where he could give Denver their – listen, Denver went and got Peyton Manning after Peyton Manning had found success elsewhere, and he led him to a Super Bowl. They went and got Tim Tebow, and Tim Tebow beat the reigning Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers. So I think Russell Wilson's another piece of, like, this – had success elsewhere coming onto the team. What can he do? This could be a resurgence from Russell for, for Russell Wilson. I think he's got a lot of weapons. I think he's good. I have him outside of my 10 right now, but that doesn't mean that he's not in the top half for me in the NFL. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I like Russell Wilson. I always have. I, I 
think he's been an outstanding professional quarterback since he stepped in the league. He's been a QB one since then. I got him number 10 on the rankings, but I do, I do like the pieces around him though. Tim Patrick has been able to step up when he's needed to. Cortland Sutton's been dominant. Jerry Judy needs to stay healthy and he can prove what he he's about. They still have KJ Hamler in the mix too, that can slide into the slot on occasion. Javante Williams, a great back to have. They were able to bring back Melvin Gordon, even though they let him go and out and test out the market. So I think they're going to be fine at running back. I think they're fine at receiver. They went out and picked up another uh, tight end in Greg Dolchich from the from the draft. They got Albert O. Well, that's Andrew Locke's old buddy from Missouri. He stepped up in the past year here. It's interesting to see if he's going to continue that progress with his buddy no longer in the fold. I think that the Denver defense got a little bit weaker the past year. I think they have some outstanding linebackers and some ability for you to make fantasy plays on IDP. But I really think that Russell Wilson's the great improvement on the team. He's going to take this team to the next level because he knows what it takes to get there. He's a proven leader. This is a guy that could take the young pieces around him, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams, and he can make them better, all of them. Just by his presence, all of them. He's going to be a lot smarter quarterback than Drew Locke ever was. So this is an opportunity where I think Denver's definitely a playoff team. Denver's definitely a team that can get you from here to there. However, I don't think Russell Wilson is your first choice at quarterback. I think he's my 10th choice at quarterback. Still a QB1, but just be cautious. Be cognizant of where quarterbacks are getting drafted i think russell wilson may get overdrafted in your league and that's okay if he goes before a joe burrow or jalen hurts that's fine you can fall back to one of those guys even a tom brady i can but you know sometimes a quarterback it's a popularity contest as far as drafting goes and, and, and that's not the way you want to do it. you want to look at potential you want to look at past performance but you also want to look at potential performance because that's what you're drafting Russell Wilson's going to be fine as a QB one for you just not my first choice yeah you know I think I think Russell Wilson definitely has like I said he's just outside of my top 10 he's number 10 for you so I think that he's definitely somebody to pick up could go in the middle rounds of your draft so I think there's going to be good there and I just put up the poll do you think that Russell Wilson do you think the Denver Broncos will make the playoffs in Russell Wilson's first season as a Bronco? I do uh, vote yes on that. And Mike just talked about that as well. Kansas City has Pat Mahomes. They bring back Clyde Edwards-Alaire. They bring in Ronald Jones II, who was drafted a few seasons ago by the Bucks, and Derek Gore, who hails from Central New York. And my digs is uh, Derek Gore is still on the team here, and a God bless to that. They bring in Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and they draft Sky Moore. All of those moves made in the absence of Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey is back as well. What are your thoughts on Pat Mahomes, who, you know, is right there and at the top when it comes to amount of money being paid? But unlike Aaron Rodgers, I don't hear a lot of drama with Pat Mahomes. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting situation because – 
the players around Pat Mahomes, I think, have degraded over time here. You look at a Marquez Valdez-Scanling. This is a guy who was a cast-off from Green Bay. McCall Hardman has improved himself, has the speed, has the get-up, but he can't. He, he has improved himself on the field enough in my eyes. Juju Smith-Schuster, his best years in Pittsburgh was when Antonio Brown was there to cover, to have the number one guy cover him. If he's got a number one guy covering him, that's not going to work. But they got him in the slot, taking over Tyreen's Tyree Kill spot in the slot. So I think I think Juju's gonna have a little better performance than some people expect to. But watch out for a Sky Moore. 22nd pick in the second round out of Western Michigan. This guy has the speed. This guy has the ability. Look for him to find his way on the field. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, outstanding running back. Ronald Jones never panned out in Tampa, so they got him. I think it's going to work a little better for him as the number two in in uh, in Kansas City. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to take advantage of that. Not a lot of people are expecting a lot out of these players, and I think Patrick Mahomes realizes that. He's going to use that to his advantage. They got a little stronger on defense, drafting Carl Aftis as a defensive end. I think this is an outstanding Chiefs team. I think they're going to make good and get back to right. Patrick Mahomes, number two quarterback on my rankings. Some argue he's number one. I say he's number two so far this year on my quarterback rankings. I look for Pat Mahomes to have another outstanding year, be able to carry your team to a fantasy championship. Just he's got to get those young players around him motivated. I think he will. I think he's young enough. He's the same age as everybody else on the team. So he's able to communicate with everybody. He's a baller. Everybody knows it. Everybody's got confidence in him in the huddle. Oh, no. It's like a Brett Favre thing. We're down by two touchdowns with four minutes to go. It's okay. We got Favre. It's okay. They have Mahomes. I like Mahomes a lot. Number two on the rankings. Yeah, I don't put him number one on the rankings because they lost Tyree Kill, but you know, he's still a guy that you don't want to play against, and he's a guy that you seemingly want to play for. So I would definitely uh, put Pat Mahomes out there on the roster. This is a guy that you don't have to spend too much time on. We'll see what Juju can do. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I said that Juju, without Antonio Brown, I said now we're going to see if he can be a true number one. And I didn't think it was going to happen, and it didn't. So he doesn't have to be a number one here, but he has to do something. Sky Moore I love, and I love what he can be to plug and play. We, you and I both had him being drafted by Kansas City in the first round. They ended up getting him in the second round, but he still went to the team where we thought he was going to go, and I think there's a lot of good to be had there. So I'm excited about this season for Kansas City, albeit I think they're going to get a lot more push from inside of their division, and I think they're going to get it from the rest of the AFC as well. So it may not be an, as easy of a road as it's looked like before for Kansas City. And remember, without Tyreek Hill against the Bills, they did not – they weren't going to win that game So in that shootout that they had. And now the rules are different. So, you know, if we were playing that playoff game this coming season, then Josh Allen would have had a chance to answer Pat Mahomes, which I think he would have. The Raiders have Derek Carr. Derek Carr is another guy, serviceable, good, has his moments. But it's not the guy we talk about. We talk about Aaron Rodgers. We talk about Pat Mahomes. We talk about Joe Burrow. We talk about Lamar Jackson. We don't talk about Derek Carr that much. Not saying Mike and I. I'm saying generally around the country, you don't hear his name as much. 
He's got Devontae Adams now. He's got Hunter Renfro, who I told you guys about from Clemson. He's one of the players with Deion Kane that saved Deshaun Watson in winning the ACC championship that was held in Orlando at Camping World Stadium a few years ago. I've been singing his praises since he came in, and I told you he wasn't going to be a fourth or fifth string guy. I told you he'd find his way because he's hands McGee, and you need a guy with good hands to be a possession receiver. Demarcus Robinson they get from in-division from Kansas City. So you got a new face in Adams, a new face in Demarcus Robinson. You got a new face in Keelan Cole coming to you from Jacksonville via the Jets. So you got a bunch of new faces with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller, who was their best receiver, is back. What are your thoughts on the Raiders, who have done some good things, shocked some people in beating Kansas City in recent history, and definitely made for a fantastic finish to the regular season as they and the Chargers fought until the bitter end to try and figure out who was going to get out of that thing alive. I love what the Raiders have been doing, and now the question is, can Derek Carr take that next step? I think he can. I think I think this has worked out works out well. Devontae Adams and Derek Carr, old college uh, teammates at Fresno State, so rekindling that monumental connectivity there that they had together. Demarcus Robinson's a journeyman. He's, he's, he's he puts in a yeoman's performance every time, though. Anytime he can get on the field, it's just it's tough to get on the field when you're when you're on the Chiefs, who was loaded at receiver more or less. Hunter Renfro is going to continue to do an outstanding job, so I don't think Derek Carr is going to have inability to get the ball to the wide receivers. I also think he's got a great ability to get the ball to his tight end, arguably one of the best in the league. And Darren Waller, he's got a committee situation at running backs in Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. I think the defense is sufficient to be able to support him. So I think he's going to have an outstanding year, Derek Carr, once again. I think they're going to win quite a few football games. They have overcome that that big hill of the Chiefs, so I think they feel a lot more confident as a team, especially with the addition of Devontae Adams. Derek Carr, number 14 on my rankings. In a deeper league, yes, a QB1, but not in a 10-12 to 12 league. Came a QB2, a high-end one at that, though. I like Derek Carr, just not as my starter. Yeah. And I would agree with that. I think I think I want to see what they could do on paper, but he's one of those guys that you may not be able to get away with seeing him not go drafted and getting him on the waiver wire. And or maybe somebody a few weeks in gets, you know, tired of waiting and seeing and lets him go on to the waiver wire. My feeling is you're not gonna find him in free agency. You may find him on the waiver wire. I would rather grab and stash him if you drafted smart enough to be able to make that one of your picks later on in the draft. The Los Angeles Chargers, this man's got one of the best balls I've seen thrown in a long time, Justin Herbert. And this man's in his rookie contract. He's only been in the league for a few seasons here. He's got Keenan Allen back. He's got Mike Williams. And he also has some other weapons here. Gerald Everett, who used to be with the Rams in L.A., is now there. Uh, Josh Palmer. They have uh, DeAndre Carter and so on and so forth. Maurice French, who I covered at uh, when he was with the Pitt Panthers in college. So some guys that aren't household names yet. Then they bring in Isaiah Spiller to help out Austin Eckler. What are your thoughts on Justin Herbert, who I believe can literally throw to anybody? Yeah, I like Justin Herbert. He's a top five quarterback. Actually, he's number three on my rankings. Keenan Allen's outstanding receiver. It's an outstanding problem to have to get the ball to him. Uh, Gerald Everett, he's a red zone and, and, and touchdown dependent tight end to have. 
Mike Williams, can he stay injury-free and continue to play at a high level? I think he can. I like Jalen Guyton as well. I like Josh Palmer. I like DeAndre Carter more as a return man, but he's got speed that can plug in any time. Look, I think Justin Herbert had wowed people. I mean, this is a guy who a couple years ago found out 10 minutes before game one as a rookie that he was going to be the starter because Tyrod Taylor, you know, had a problem with uh, – uh, a procedure done shortly before the game. He stepped in. He stepped up in a big way and hasn't turned back. He's definitely a franchise quarterback, definitely one of the top quarterbacks in the league. I have every bit of confidence in him. And he can dump the ball off to his running back, Austin Eckler. They bring in Isaiah Spiller to back that up as well. I like what they have in Los Angeles in the Chargers. I like the coach and Brandon Staley. I think they're going to continue to put up good numbers. It's just a challenge in that AFC West. It's a tough division, like you had pointed out, the toughest in football. But I do like Justin Herbert on my fantasy team, number three quarterback ranked right now. Yeah, he's one of those guys you don't want to miss on. You might be thinking, do I go for my other running back now? Do I go for this receiver? Or do I take a play for Justin Herbert? That's going to be one of those dicey roads that, you're going to have to watch all of our shows and listen to our analysis and make a good decision because Justin Herbert is that guy that you're not going to, you're not going to want to let get away. I'm telling you that right now, we jump into the Houston Texans and the Houston Texans have an interesting thing that I don't think maybe a lot of people know. They have four quarterbacks on the roster. Two of them played at Stanford Davis Mills and Kevin Hogan. Both played for the Stanford Cardinal. Davis Mills, a third-round draft pick in 2021. They picked him at a time where they must have known that something was going down in this world and the Deshaun Watson craziness. Davis Mills, the 67th overall pick in 2021, is now your starter. Kyle Allen, who I covered at Houston, he is your backup currently. They have Marlon Mack on the team who comes from Indy. They have Rex Burkhead who comes, who was there and had come from the Patriots. Then you have Brandon Cooks back, Chris Conley back. You have John Mechie, the third, who they drafted this year. You have Philip Dorsett, the second, another guy who came from in-division, played for Houston and for Jacksonville. And then you have uh, Nico Collins and so on and so forth. God bless me. And God bless the Houston Texans because they need all the help they can get. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, bless you. This is a situation where um, Houston's just not a very good team. They've they've made some suspect choices in the last several years. Lovey Smith has problems on his hand in the fact that he's got young players in positions that he needs them to excel to get the team to win. If those young players don't come through, this team don't win. The defense is suspect at best. I like Brandon Cooks at receiver. He's a volume guy. I like Nico Collins. He has the size. And you mix in a rookie, John Mechie out of Alabama. I think he's a very underrated receiver who's going to do excellent in the slot. Davis Mills, I think, is an underrated quarterback in this league. I think he's going to be able to get the ball to a Brevin Jordan who's been showing up lately. Now, he hasn't done it yet. Okay, Davis Mills hasn't wowed anybody yet. He's got a committee situation at running back and a Marlon Mack and a Rex Burkhead and a Damian Pierce. I don't know what's going on there. The defensive secondary is a challenge. They drafted a couple guys. They're plug and play there. I think Davis Mills can get the ball to the receivers. I think he doesn't have a defense to support him if he gets in trouble. And I think that he's still on the learning curve. Smart guy. You have to be real smart to go to Stanford. I just don't think that he's there yet. He's on his way. He's on the right path. 
He's got some players around him, but they got to do something about that defense. They got to protect Davis Mills. They got to make sure that Lovey Smith gets in his head and does what well Belichick does so well. Coach young players. Take problem players and make them stars on your team. Now, they don't have any problem players here, but they have some young players. These young players need to continue to grow and develop. I think Lovey Smith is the right guy for that, and I think they're going to have okay time on offense. But Davis Mills is 27 on my ranking. You can't count on him to lead your team. Maybe further down the road, if he starts having a good year, maybe you pick him up as a backup. But, no, I'm not drafting Davis Mills. I like Davis Mills. I want him to do well. I'm not drafting him. Simple as that. Houston is, is, is a problem. They're a massive problem. And I think that Lovey was put there to be a placeholder for who they are going to get as a coach. And I don't think that's fair to Lovey either. And I hope that Lovey does some good things and helps to right that ship because that ship has been going in the wrong direction for a really – like I told you all, Houston was not – Houston – was not consistently a good team in the AFC South. Houston looked like a good team because the rest of the AFC South was horrible. They were the prettiest – They okay, they were the prettiest ugly duckling in the pond. They were the least of the ugliest ducklings. That's what Houston truly was. It was like, I've been dared to eat crickets, a snake – a, a butterfly or a tarantula, and I chose the butterfly. That's what this is. Essentially, that's what it is. The Colts don't look that much prettier. How about this? Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, two guys that we thought were Super Bowl caliber guys, right, could get there, could win. Nick Foles has done it, and now they're both on the same team. As Ever since Andrew Luck retired at the ripe age of 29, we have just seen them Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles, guys whose names we know, but – just temporary fillers. They have Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman Jr. has done some good things. They got my guy Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. Shout out to the Bearcats. Paris Campbell's there. Moali Cox is back. But I can't help but think that, I mean, I want Matt Ryan to show he's got more left in the tank. I want him to show the Falcons that, I mean, I thought at some point within the next couple of seasons it was going to end, but I, I didn't think it was going to end like this. I think he has more to show, but the Colts are like the commanders to me. They're teams that have quarterbacks that have names that I don't want to draft and I think are good, but I don't think they're, they're going to play the entire season. Yeah. You know, I like Matt Ryan. I think he's a, he's a, he's a, had a great career. I just don't think he's the answer. I think he's a, a you know, a, a placeholder here, in Indianapolis until maybe the talent-rich quarterback draft next year supposedly is going to hit. Look, he's got young players all around him. So Grandpa Matt Ryan here has got a Michael Pittman who's young, Paris Campbell who's young. Alec Pierce is the name you want to write down. Alec Pierce is a guy that you're going to want to draft. Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. I'm going to keep saying the name Alec Pierce until you get it in your head. This is the guy you want. 
Now, they didn't do themselves any favor with Mo Alley Cox. He's been a long and slow project. He's got the he's got the hops. He can get up there. He's got big hands. He can box out. He can do all those things like a college basketball player should because that's what he is. He's a college basketball player. I wrote a great piece on him and George Kittle, but you've seen those two careers go a different way since they came into the, the league together. What does Indianapolis do? They take Kylan Granson last year. It's supposed to be like the old Dallas Clark. We haven't seen that yet. So you know what they did? They went and got two more tight ends. I'm giving you all this rundown on these pass-catching guys because Matt Ryan's going to utilize every one of them. The two tight ends they brought in, Jelani Woods and Andrew Ogletree. Don't draft these guys. These are guys you could pick up on the wire later and continue to see one of them step up. One of them, either Granson, Woods, or Ogletree has to step up because Mo Cox hasn't done it yet. Maybe he hasn't had the right quarterback for that situation yet, though. Maybe that's what Matt Ryan's going to do. Matt Ryan has an excellent run game with him and Jonathan Taylor, Naeem Hines. They even have a Phillip Lindsay in the, in the fold. I think they got a stellar defense. I don't think it's the top defense, but I don't think it's a bad defense. So they should be able to get Matt Ryan out of any trouble. Look, Matt Ryan's going to have to develop a relationship with these young pass catchers. If he doesn't do that early, it's not going to happen, and Matt Ryan's not going to be long for the Colts. Right now, I've got Matt Ryan 21 on my rankings this year. I want to see him do well. I'm not drafting him. Maybe in the middle of the season, he's one of those guys you go after because you need the help. Maybe him or Mariota slash Desmond Ritter you go after in the you know, mid-year because you need something. He's not a bad backup. I honestly think Matt Ryan's going to have – he's going to have an okay year. I just – Indy's been in this – it pisses me off as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan that Houston and Indy could be this confused and not have a true plan, and you could still suck worse than them. Pisses me off. So we moved to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is your quarterback going into year number two. And in year number two, he has a second head coach. Travis Etienne, Jr., is there James Robinson? Hopefully, ETN will be healthy. They drafted Snoop Carter. They got Rykel Armstead back on the team from Temple. Love that. Christian Kirk is new. Zay Jones is new. Lavisca Chenault Jr. still in his rookie contract. Marvin Jones Jr., who I love that they got back, is back. Laquan Treadwell, he came back. I love that too. Evan Engram, Dan Arnold, Chris Mann, Hurts, Luke Farrell. All guys. Evan Ingram's new to the team. Dan Arnold was new to the team during the season in a trade with, for C.J. Henderson to the Carolina Panthers. Chris Manhurts is new to the team as of last year, and Luke Farrell was drafted last season. So all these tight ends are new within the last two seasons. What are your thoughts on Trevor and what he has? Yeah, I hope I hope that uh, Trevor and Travis Etienne can reconnect from what they did in college because that little swing pass out of the backfield, the screens, those are huge. And if Jacksonville can utilize those, and Doug Peterson, I think, is a smart enough coach to realize that's what he has there. A lot of people forgetting about Travis Etienne. It's easy to forget because he doesn't. He's not a household name because he hasn't done anything in the NFL yet. He was hurt in camp last year. James Robinson, he did a stellar job last year filling in. But here's where the problem lies, is that wide receiver. It's always been a wide receiver. DJ Chark is gone. Uh, they have Zay Jones. He hasn't worked out anywhere. They have Marvin Jones, 32 years old. I don't think he's going he's gonna to kill it this year. Christian Kirk, they bring over. They give him ridiculous money for a third-year player who finally had his best year, still hasn't broken 1,000 yards. How is he your high-paying <laughs> receiver? Yeah. Lavisca Chenault. 
They thought he was going to come out last year. He didn't that well. But Quan Treadwell, he's still got an opportunity to show he's got something left in the tank. The tight end position's a wreck. I'm glad they addressed it by bringing all these guys in. But if I'm dependent on Evan Ingram, Dan Arnold, Chris Mannards, Luke Farrell, I got trouble, man. I'm, I'm not convinced that Jacksonville has all the pieces around Trevor Lawrence to make him successful. Is he going to continue to grow and become a better player? Absolutely. They'll probably be playing from behind a little bit, even though they short up that defense. I don't believe they're a dominant offensive team. Defense, they short up a little bit, especially at linebacker with Devin Boyd and Trayvon Walker. Chad Muma coming in from Wyoming. I think the defense can bail them out of trouble. I don't think they're going to be a top defense, but I think they're okay enough. My problem is he doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to, in my opinion. Trevor Lawrence, it's Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence. They better run the ball effectively. They better play call effectively. They better get ETN involved to boost Trevor Lawrence's passing stats this year. I don't have Trevor Lawrence as a top quarterback this year. He's number 18 on my ranking. I look for that to go up if they find a reason, if they find an answer at wide receiver. If Christian Kirk proves me wrong and steps up and say he's worth the money. If Marvin Jones steps up and says I'm not too old. If Zay Jones says everything else in Las Vegas and all that stuff is behind me and that was all bad and now it's all good. I gotta see something from one of these receivers. No wonder they brought four new receivers in and Kevin John uh Kevin Austin Jr., Willie Johnson, LeJuan Winningham, and Ryan McDaniel. Now I don't look for any of those guys to be household names, but they also have a deep name here from the past. He played with Marvin Jones, Marvin Hall. So interesting stuff going on here personnel wise. I gotta see some performance before I have a vote of confidence in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. A lot of money. Don't know where it's going to be. Gave Christian Kirk the money before we saw what Christian Kirk could do. And listen, again, I'm not against anybody going to make their money, make their money. I just look at this from Jacksonville's viewfinder, and I say to myself, what did he do in Arizona that made you pay him like you just got Debo Samuel? So I'm hopeful I've wanted Christian Kirk to do well for a long time. I've, I've made that clear. So we'll see. I like Marvin Jones. I like Laquan Treadwell because both of them seem to have a good relationship with Trevor Lawrence. So we'll see. And LaVisca Chenault, we'll see if he can come up too. All the other young receivers are gone. DD's gone. DJ's gone. Jacksonville let go of these guys that they drafted. So there's a lot of question marks on Jacksonville, which leaves Trevor Lawrence as a question mark which means that I don't think he's a bad backup. I think that he has the opportunity to make you happy that you brought him in, drafted him late. But there's a lot of question marks there still. Tennessee, the final team of the 32 quarterbacks. Ryan Tannehill is back. Malik Willis is behind him, the rookie out of Liberty that I covered the last couple of years. Derrick Henry is back. Robert Woods is there. Traylon Burks has been drafted. They got rid of A.J. Brown. Nick Westbrook, Ekine is there. And then they have Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper is their tight end with Jeff Swain. Swain. So what are your thoughts on this situation here? A team that we know can make the playoffs and be the number one seed without Derrick Henry. Now they have Robert Woods. He never really showed it in Buffalo. He showed it in L.A. with the Rams. Can he show it with Tennessee? And will Traylon Burks 
be the AG Brown that they no longer have because allegedly, seemingly, they didn't want to pay for it anymore. I like Traylon Burks a lot. He's he's in my top five on an adjusted explosiveness index. Again, go check that out on the site, Hall of Fame Fantasy Football or Winning Fantasy Football. Robert Woods, I think his best games are behind him. The injury put him out all year. Nick Westbrook in kind. I think you're going to like him. But Traylon Burks is the big body, 4-5 speed guy that you're going to want. He doesn't have hops for a guy that's that, that big, but he is heavy, 225. This is a guy that they took in number 18 in the first round. This is a guy that they're going to make sure they get the ball to. He's going to start the season in the slot. Then you have the outstanding running game. You have an okay defense that can get you out of trouble. I like what the direction things are going. Now, they did draft Malik Willis. I don't look for Malik Willis, Willis to start anytime soon. I think he's more of a project guy. A great project to have. A great problem to have. A great piece of clay to start to mold and shape into an NFL quarterback as a dual threat quarterback. Let's face it, Ryan Tannehill's not not setting off the alarm bells on any linebackers that he's going to take off and run anytime soon. He can and will, but he doesn't have that speed. He's not a dual threat quarterback. Derrick Henry's going to continue to do a great job. Best running back in the league, in my opinion, overall. Not necessarily best fantasy quarterback. I'm running back, but best running back in the league. They need Austin Hooper and Jeff Swain to step up to continue to let Ryan Tannehill get the ball to guys other than Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, or Westbrook and Kine. I think that if they're able to do that and able to game plan effectively, Ryan Tannehill can be a competent quarterback in this NFL and for you fantasy-wise. But on a realistic approach, I got him ranked number 22. I don't look for that to happen. I will tell you to draft Traylon Burks, though. They're going to look to get him a lot of activity. Yeah, you know, for the next three years before they trade him so they don't have to pay him up. <laughs> so we'll see. But Ryan Tannehill, we had him in the top ten last year. He's dipped, he's fallen, and and I can understand it. He's not your starter. And there's other guys that have taken that 10 and 11 spot, and uh, and I think, I think rightly so. So with that being said, we have run the gamut of this. I want to give you all a look into the polls here and let you know where things are set. Uh, we spent about 17 hours with you today, so let's so so taking a look at the polls right now. Uh, once again, you can vote for them on this video, uh, and you can also vote uh, for the next week, and we'll be able to give you the results a week from today. They'll run the whole week through to Wednesday, June 1st, on Twitter at CallDT. That's C A L L D T. Is Sam Darnold the future of the Carolina Panthers? 83.3%. No. 16.7%. Yes. Will quarterback Desmond Ritter see the field this season for the Atlanta Falcons? 100% has stayed. Yes. Do you believe that players should go to voluntary OTAs? Early polling in that? Yes. Who, you, who would you rather see for the San Francisco 49ers this season at quarterback? Jimmy G or Trey Lance? 100% Trey Lance. Should the Dallas Cowboys trade for San Francisco 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel? 62.5% yes. 37.5% no. Do you believe, this is the one that's been voted in the most so far, do you believe quarterback Deshaun Watson will play this season in the NFL? 75.5% yes, 24.5% no. Will wide receiver Gabriel Davis shine this season as a fantasy target for the Buffalo Bills? 71.4% yes, 28.6% no. Do you believe wow. Tua Tagovailoa 
is the answer at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins' future? 66.7%? Yes. 33.3%? No. And the one I just put up, will the Jacksonville Jaguars make the playoffs this season? Early polling, 100%. Yes. Wow. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 75% early polling here. We just, we got to vote for no. So 75% yes, 25% no. Well, well, hold on a sec. Just think about that, though. We just talked about Tennessee not being strong at quarterback. We've talked about Indianapolis not being strong at quarterback. We talked about Houston being strong at quarterback. Out of those four teams in that division, I like Jacksonville's quarterback the best, but does he have the tools around him to make that happen and make a playoff run? I say no. I think he's that quality player. I think they're a year away. Yeah, and we'll have to see uh, where we go from here. I, I do think hopefully they'll be able to step it up and do something better than these two to three win seasons and hopeful on that. But those polls again at call DT C A L L D T on Twitter, make sure you go out and vote. It's now 50 50 on the Debo Samuel thing. Once again, it was 50 50. It's back at 50 50. And Mike, you seem surprised to hear about the Gabe Davis thing. Uh, you had a reaction to that, that over 70% believe that he'll be a fantasy. Uh, he'll shine this season as a fantasy target for the bills. Yeah, I think there's going to be some pressure from a Khalil Shakur getting on the field. Hopefully that there's no injury situation. Jamison Crowder should work better out of the slot than he has in the past. But I just don't know. There's there's a lot of other guys in the mix. There's Jake Kumaro. There's Isaiah McKenzie. I, I, I'm, I'm just not sold on Gabriel Davis. Yes, he has had that slow, meteoric rise. And, yes, he's done what he had to do when he's on the field. He scored touchdowns when the team needed him the most. And he has a great quarterback. So I'm not going to discount Gabriel Davis, but at the same time, I'm not goo-goo-gaga over him either. Yeah, so, well, it'll be interesting here. And like I said, all these polls that we just put up available for the next week, and we'll give you the results on Wednesday, June 1st, and I'll let you know as things continue on here, but make sure you're voting in these polls. Plenty coming up on the Jaguars tomorrow with Papa Joe. And as always, from the great state of Florida, where Papa Joe and Mike Sofka hail from, I want to thank my second home for loving me up good. And I love you right back. Hall of Fame FantasyFootball.com for Mike. WakeUpCallDT.com for me. And, of course, this has been the Fantasy Football Power Hour, proudly presented by the Wildcat Sports Club. Seven days a week, indoor and outdoor seating. Now open, 3680 Milton Avenue in Camillus, New York. Takeout and delivery, 315-487-2222. Head out to the Wildcat. Massive TVs, awesome screens, great experience, family-friendly. Great place to bring a date. Mom, dad, have a birthday party, bring the kids, have a beer. You could do it all in one place at the Wildcat Sports Pub. And make sure that when you're growling loud for your team or growling in upset feelings, you do it at the Wildcat. We'll see you all out there very soon. Mike, I will see you in a week. And I appreciate you as always for all the work that you do. Catch us on our winning fantasy football group on Facebook. And as always, God bless. No stress. Do your best. Thank you, Mike. Sounds great, Dan. I look forward to seeing you next time. Take care.